bull fucking shit. You know how to do it. You fucking know how to do it. How many, how many fucking meetings have we had about this? You pass the duchy on the left-hand side. Pass the duchy on the left-hand side. It gonna burn? Give me music. Make me jump and dance. Fuck. I'm not taking a fucking duchy from the right-hand side. Ever. Ever. Hey, it's the Ron and Fez Show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Chris Stanley brings us in with some classic cream this morning. Nice call, Chris. All right, it is the Ron and Fez Show. I'm Ron Bennington. There's Fez Watley. Uh, Eastside Dave McDonald. Everybody wearing the same food, uh, clothes, and feeling good about themselves? Feeling a little slimy today, a day into the hardcore challenge, 24 hours in. I didn't notice about you, uh, Fez, but the hair tends to get a little greasy. You you have oily uh, hair. Very oily. In Never knew this. In a very quick time. It, get, it is a film. It is slime on my head. So uh, I understand that you didn't clean, but why do you look tired? You have an exhausted look about you. You know, the weird thing is, I think you need that morning shower and the Irish spring soap to I help see. wake you up. I didn't realize it was that important. I, I got that now. That, that part of it. Well, I had no idea. I've known you many, many years. Never knew that the hair was oily. Always thought that you had healthy, strong, happy hair. But that must come out of the shampoo. Yeah. The, the Prell. Uh, Davy Mac, uh, I don't see any difference in you whatsoever. Holding up great. <laughs> yeah. Just feel, I wish this was <laughs> policy. I wish we had to do this. It is, really. You know, <laughs> as long as you can make it go. Uh, the family happy about it, Dave? No. Family very perturbed about it, in yeah. fact. Um, but what can I do? You know, I, I got some, some Purell. That's mm -hmm. the one legal stipulation. Besides that, I was having a ball. I'm still wearing the same boxers. I'm like, I'm just going to walk around in my boxers. Smart move. And that's what I did. Because Smart I felt move. like if I just walk around in my boxers, I won't get any of the you know, spaghetti sauce on my shirt. So the boys in their, in their latest uh, siren uh, shout-out challenge here have uh, decided uh, to see which one of them would break and need to clean themselves. They're going without cleaning. Uh, hardcore. Hardcore all the way. Um, Fez, I know that uh, there's some people pulling for you, and the fact that you have a homeless background helps out quite a bit. Yeah, I, I was glad to see I'm getting the support. You know, it's the little things. By support, it's all Death Metal Mo. I just want you to know that. It's 100% him. But he, he is he's the man in charge. He's the captain among men. I didn't know that. Yeah, he can rally people. Hmm. And it's the little things about cleaning yourself that you forget about, that you enjoy so much. Um... Really missing my Q-tips. Wow, didn't even consider that. Q-tips, yeah, that's all part of it. Yeah, I would really love to stick a Q-tip in my ear right now. And by Q-tip, he means penis. Uh, U-Q-tip, probably over Q-tip, uh, according to what some doctors have explained to us. Yeah, I go, I go deep in the ear. And you do it on a fairly OCD basis. Oh, probably eight, ten times a day. I'm hoping you bust an eardrum. That's my, that's my dream. Just use a pen. It's much better for you. <laughs> I saw you with that pen the other day. Here's what's gross about Hicks. He digs in with the pen and then takes a nice long look at the pen. Well, I feel see if I accomplished anything. <laughs> no, it's, harvest. it's harvest season. 
Out of all the fucking bodily runoff, the earwax may be the grossest. You ever have earwax just fall out of your ear? That no. happens to me. Seriously, I'm never. What? Well, like, Dave You get me. a great idea, you slap your head, a big hunk <laughs> fucking candle falls out of your ear. Yeah, it's a very odd color, too. Mm. Nasty. <clears throat> well, you're all disgusting, horrible people. All right, it is the Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Fez, when I got home last night, the uh, Devil Wears Prada was on the local TV station. I had no idea this. They're walking through the lobby. It's our lobby. Really? That, that movie was shot here in this building, and I'm like, that looks a little kind of strange. Oh, that's us. We're the Devil Wears Prada place. I had no idea we were Film Prada headquarters. Well, it was kind of fun because uh, the the woman that everybody's uh, mad at in it, and she's like this really tough boss. Uh, I don't know what her name is in the movie, but she's based on Anna Wintour, the, uh, the magazine publisher. But uh, she demanded, and using our elevators... But her demand is, nobody gets on the elevator with me. And I'm like, Fez Watley could be running Vogue right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Prada. That's me. I don't yeah. want anyone on the elevator. I wish I had the stroke that uh, Anna Wintour's character had yeah. to keep everyone off. Oh, I had the thing today. Every- wait, wait a minute. How'd she had a stroke? No, where she had the, you know, the authority. Oh, that kind of stroke. Yeah. I didn't understand what you meant. Okay. That kind of stroke. She has the heat. Yeah, today, okay. uh, today. oh, thank you, tiny little woman who decided to jump in at the last minute and then hold the door for all the stragglers. Mm. Uh, there's no way around it. There's I mean, no way around good people. You're going to run into good people in life. I hate them. Yeah, I know you do. I mean, and if I jumped off and waited for another one, the same thing would have happened again. There's just too many people working in the McGraw-Hill building. And, well, there's thousands. There's absolutely thousands. And only... Uh, Anna Wintour, and I don't know her name in the movie, but she's the only one who gets to ride solo. They're actually, the elevator bank that they used was uh, like the sales offices. Oh, That's okay. That's the same one. I would have liked it better if they were in ours. But if you watch that movie and see what their office looks like, it's not that different from our place. This place could be uh, Vogue if we wanted to do Maybe it's a mystery 16th floor since there is no 16th floor in this building, which just weirds me out. Well, that's because it's such an unlucky number. All right, Ron and Fez show, uh, work in the dirt every single day for your uh, enjoyment. Uh, Fez Watley, what is your... Ichiban, what are the kids talking about? It's the latest update on Big Ben Roethlisberger and this latest sexual assault accusation. Mm-hmm. Big Ben is now saying he did have sexual contact with the woman accusing him. Right. But they did not have intercourse. Okay, he's playing the, the Dave game from the other day. Mm-hmm. Where you uh, believe it wasn't, you know, sex isn't sex. Uh, Dave believed that only heterosex is real sex. You got your feelings hurt. But Big Ben seems to be backing up uh, Clinton and Davey Mac. And then he also added that uh, at that point... The girl fell and hit her head and then started thinking she was sexually assaulted afterwards. Kind of a Wizard of Oz deal? Yeah. Okay. And she you was were having, there and you were there. She's having crazy fucking dreams and there's nothing he can do about it. Um, you know, the thing with fucking Roethlisberger is you are Ben Roethlisberger. You got to be fucking careful. 
Anybody could tell you the same thing, Ben, and I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have the last time you got in trouble. You can't be running around, grabbing ass, all fucked up, and not controlling your shit because they'll come after you. Well, he's too big. This he's is, a big guy. This is like the Incredible Hulk. Yes. Does the Incredible Hulk kill on purpose? No. There's always an accident involved. This is what he's not. Big Ben, smash. Big Ben like titty. You know, it's that's... But there's bigger guys than him. He's mm. not a fucking freak of nature. He's not even the biggest guy on, you know, his own fucking team. So everybody has to deal with this. They're, they're fucking big football players. But they have to fucking handle their shit because, A, like you said, when they get fucked up, they take up more space. And then, B, he is more or less a target. Uh, I'm going to check around with the guys. Do you think that he's more of a target or he's a fucking loose cannon? I'll go to you first, Chris Stanley. He's a fucking target. Any room he walks into, everyone's attention is going to be on him. I no get that, but there are other people like that, and they're not getting accused. There are plenty of fucking guys that are party guys that go out to clubs, that get fucked up, that are with a lot of chicks, and no one's accusing them at all. Uh, let's go to uh, Red McDonald, Eastside Dave. He's a target because once the first girl started the ball rolling right. in that direction, you're going to see this probably for the rest of his fucking life, unfortunately. You're going to see women try to get some money out of Big Ben. That's just the way it is. He ought to learn how to pay him off. He's got to keep this shit out of the papers. He's going to fuck up his Hall of Fame shot. Yeah, he is. He's he's he, Well, it took Michael Irvin, you know, a few shots to get into the Hall of Fame. That's probably what's going to happen with Roethlisberger. I think this one catches up to him. In I, what way? I think he ends up, you know, settling out of court with this well, one. They all settle. That's not the f settling ain't the problem. If you can fix this with money, he's got money. So settling is never the problem. The problem is when the fucking press and legal system get involved with you. I'm sure a lot of guys pay fucking broads off. That happens. And that is a fixable, that's a luxury tax. That's something that they're just going to deal with if they want to be fucking um, party people. Uh, here is um, here's Tom in New Jersey. You're on Manifest. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Ralph Lisberger can't be guilty. A, there's no DNA. B, He's white. Can't be guilty. All that stuff is true, except for you get to the fact that you don't want to have to make that claim in court. You just want to go out, party, go home, practice, go out, party, go home, practice. you got to figure out a way to do that, Ben. You can't be sitting around constantly explaining themselves. Now, in the same sense, if you got a fucking sister out there, and she says, oh, I'm going to a party tonight with Ben Roethlisberger. You know a fucking reasonable person is going to say to their sister, honey, please. Are you fucking serious? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to get fucking dick slapped and then have your head smashed into a urinal? Only to later come up with a story and have guys like um, Pepper and Dave think that you're you know, a money-grubbing whore? You can say to yourselves, these broads know exactly what they're doing. They know who they're fucking partying with. But that's not going to save Ben at all. No, no. I wonder if he, like, had her up in the air and dropped her. And then they would have to see if his arm was going forward at the time of the sexual assault. It's fun that you can turn that into a, uh, a joke, Fezzi. I can't do that because I am legal counsel right now for Ben Roethlisberger. I had no idea. 
unofficial legal counsel. There's only one reason I didn't go to law school. Why is that? No college. That's the only thing that kept me out of law school, or I'm pretty sure they would have loved to have had me. But I wasn't going to fucking spend time looking at books just so I could get in front of the judge. That's what I really want to do. I want to get up and make a case. I don't want to sit around and research stuff and study and fucking write papers like an idiot. I can't do that. I want to Joe Pesci this thing. I just want to just walk out there and start the fucking case. Trial lawyer. Not some goddamn college student, idiot. Trial lawyer. That's what I'm after. Um, but he's got to have some people handling this fucking life for him. He's acting like he's acting fucking bananas right now. I'm surprised he talked this much, you know, saying that the girl fell and hit her head. To me, that just sounds a little incriminating. I'm, oh. I'm surprised his lawyer doesn't have his mouth completely shut on this thing. Well, he might have said that to the cop that fucking day. And now, mm. now the lawyer's got him. But, yeah, he should fucking party with two lawyers. Wherever he goes, there's a lawyer on his <laughs> side. And Club Soda Kenny. They're all just like, yes, Mr. Roethlisberger would like some more fucking whiskey, please. Stay away from him. I'll hand it to him. Back up, honey. I'll hand it to Get that woman out of the room. Anytime they see a woman, <laughs> they fucking hit her with a stun gun. Um, here is uh, Troy. Troy, you're on my face. Hey, guys, I go to Pittsburgh a few times a year for work, and everybody I talk to knows that he's a creep. He's touchy-feely with waitresses, and... He's pretty much got a bad impression with everybody in Pittsburgh that knows him. Um, so he's got the rep of, of a guy who can't keep his fucking hands off Hooters girls. Yeah, pretty much. They say that whenever he's at a restaurant or a bar, he's all touchy-feeling on every girl that he can get his hands on. Um, all right, so that makes a, a little more sense that he just is so antisocial he doesn't know how to fucking handle himself mm -hmm. as a gentleman with wealth and fame. Not an easy thing to pull off. I mean, let's face it. He's from some shitty Ohio steel town, you know? He didn't grow up with any fucking money. Lunch bucket Joe. Now, all of a sudden, he's in trading places. He's fucking out there trying to make things happen. They ought to do the same uh, thing they did with the fucking peaches, the Rockford peaches, and have some kind of a fucking class where they teach him how to act. Oh, yeah, maybe a charm school. Charm school, that fucker. Yeah, because right now, every waitress is getting pawed like a bear trying to get honey out of a hive. He fucking needs to walk and talk like a real lady. That's what he's got to start fucking doing with his life. Balance a saucer and a teacup on his giant knees. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. Like, they put a book on their head. Like, that's yeah. going to fun. I'm like, where would I walk around with a book on my head? Library? I'll fucking carry it in my hand. Um, let's go over to Jim. Jim in, uh, Boston. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, uh, I mean, Ben kind of makes himself a target. You can't be going around fucking 20-year-old girls at a college bar in the bathroom and not expect it to come back on you. He's famous. He know everyone already has been taking his picture all night. What does he expect is going to happen? Like, no one's going to talk about it? It's not going to get out there? Seriously, what is he doing in the fucking bathroom with this broad? He doesn't even know. You know what I mean? He's 20. He's famous. But he did nothing wrong. It's legal. I, I when after Jared Jeter won the World Series, he went to a college bar. I bought him a shot. Big deal. I, I, I didn't fucking claim that the guy raped me, dude. Hold on, let's fucking be honest here. Jeter knows how to handle himself. 
Jinder walks around that fucking bar like a leopard. Well, he's never out of control. He doesn't really drink. He, I think he has like one cocktail, and that's it for the rest of the night. He just likes going to bars. I understand, but here's the thing. Ben knows that he's a fucking target. He's all fucked up, and then taking this fucking broad he doesn't know in a bathroom. Everybody in the fucking joint probably knows he's in with the fucking bathroom with this fucking chick. You know? She comes out crying. Who are you going to fucking believe? Seriously, if you were in that fucking place and some little 120-pound fucking girl comes out with her knot on her fucking head and there's fucking Ben with a zipper down and fucking drooling all fucked up, you'd put two in his chest. You would just go, uh, honey, fucking stay down. I'm going to fucking blast this fucker. But why would she go into the bathroom with him in the first place? Because she's some fucked up little coos. So that's so that, that's my point. But so he can't, can't be trusted. We don't know her, and her career ain't going to be ruined no matter what happens. He's the one with something to fucking lose. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying because of the circumstances, he's got to watch his shit better. I agree with you there. But I mean, how many people when they're gonna you know they're facing a civil lawsuit? For, you know, sexual misconduct, they're going to fucking go and, you know, r and assault the girl. I, I find it to be preposterous. You I know who would do that? Somebody who didn't have their shit together. Some fucking crazy animal. But you can't go into court and have fucking five B&Es and be on probation and then say to the fucking judge, I'm on probation. Why would I break into another fucking joint? Uh, that's crazy. Of course it's crazy. Criminals don't fucking think. But he's got two rings. He has he has the discipline to get two Super Bowls. I, just, I understand. You know what you ought to do at night? Sit home and drink. Look at those rings. And have his friends bring him fucking hookers over. He can't even make the call. And then, while he's with a fucking prostitute, they need some guy in a machine gun nest to fucking watch him at all times in case he needs to be shot. He sees a fucking ponytail and he attacks like a killer whale. He doesn't know what he's doing. Well, I do think that they he should tape him himself having sex with these girls as proof, like other you know famous athletes are rumored to have been done in the men's room. He's back to Jeter again. Well, not Jeter. Gretzky apparently did it in Jordan. And no one believes any of those stories. They've never come from the horse's <laughs> mouth. You'll never see fucking Jordan. No, I had to tape all the broads I was with. Fucking craziness. Um. All right, what is this? Uh, what's this thing I'm hearing now about Latino ball players? Let's bring Red McDonald in here. It is the Ron and Fez show, Fezzy. And tomorrow, your chance to win prizes as we play Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search tomorrow. Prizes include Curb Your Enthusiasm, Season 1, and that is autographed by Mr. Jeff Garland. Also, from Bill Cosby, signed by him, Cosnerati, State of Emergency, the CD. That and by the way, it's a collector's item. In I'll just say this. Look at it. Don't listen to it. And, the, and that's me just trying to protect you. And the documentary DVD, here is what is signed by producer Daniel Lenoir. Plus, we'll have some Ron and Fez t-shirts that search, search, hurry up and search tomorrow on the Ron and Fez show. Sign up at 202 Friends. Make sure you're following 202 Friends so you can play. You gotta be following to play. You gotta, yeah, you gotta be a follower to play this. We're gonna play tomorrow. A little later on in the show, but uh, give away some prizes 
and it should be a lot of fun. All right, what is this uh, story coming in out of the California Angels? Uh, their center fielder, Tory Hunter, who's mm-hmm. an all-star, phenomenal. Great baseball, ball player. Phenomenal. One of the best fielders. He said that dark-skinned Latino baseball players mm-hmm. are imposters. He said that people see dark faces out there, and the perception is that they're African-American. They're not us. They're imposters. Because I see you just seething over this. Mm-hmm. What, what makes you so angry? Because you're a dark-skinned Latino? <laughs> Not because I... Because it's racism. How can he be racist? He's black. Yeah, but he's being racist against Latinos. Dark-skinned Latinos acting like they're imposter black... Like they're fake black people. Like they have no... Um, they have no uh, right nope. to be black. To, to have dark skin. Well, I think what he's saying is... And we've known this for a few years. Is that blacks who once um, looked to baseball don't anymore to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. We used to have a lot of great black ball players. Um, and they've kind of now choosing other sports. They're not as interested in baseball. And I don't even think uh, black fans are as big with baseball as they used to be. You know, the Jackie Robinson right. thing. There was a Negro League at one time, supported by black people. And that has uh, gone down. Uh, his way of say- saying that is, you look at these things, these um, Latino ball players, don't get confused and think that they're black people. They're not. They're what we consider black people. They're not African Americans. Uh-huh. They're Latinos. So he's saying he's an African American, not one of the people that, if you just happen to casually not pay attention, you might be like, oh, there's a lot of black ball players on this team. He's saying, no, there's not. There's none. Right on some of these teams, I do. I don't th- see that as racist. Well, I, I just think that though he's he's wrong in that it's kind of he thinks that white people just see dark faces and associate them with blacks. I don't understand that. I know that David Ortiz is a Latin American. Well, you know that because you follow the game and you're going to read things and you're going to check out uh, Ortiz's interviews and stuff like that. But to a casual observer. They're going to go, oh, black guy. Right. But it, it, it doesn't fall in the American version of what we call black guy. Yeah. I don't see what he's saying is wrong. Well, the, the, it seemed like he I'd was... like to talk to Earl Douglas about this, my black friend. The one thing about it is, in the bigger picture, you know, Tori, why does this matter? I mean, the fact of the matter is the black guys like playing basketball. If they're migrating to that sport, big deal. Well, you, the, you, the, the thing about sports is it's supposed to totally take away any type of racial you know, tension. It never has, though. It never has. Even in the time of the NBA, everybody's like, well, we need a couple white ball players. We but definitely need a couple white ball players. That's the point, is that you know, a white guy would get into heat if he said, we need more white ball, pl- ball players in the NBA. People would be like, whoa, whoa. I don't think there's about? anything wrong with saying that. And in the same time, we're like, hey, we got more white basketball players than ever, but they're not uh, Caucasian Americans. These are fucking Eastern European guys. But it just seems like the blacks re- recently in baseball keep bringing it up. Well, they're, they're bringing it into an issue. It, they're bringing it up because maybe they're feeling like it's they're not being the black communities aren't being served. On a local level, baseball has a million programs. The RBI program, which is a baseball thing, totally oriented for u- urban black kids. Right, but it doesn't mean that it's working. This is a fucking perfect opportunity to say it's uh, 
not exactly working. But how about getting a positive outlook, Tori, and why always griping? This comes a day after Milton Bradley, an African-American for well, the Cubs. First you know. of all, I don't want to sit around and fucking talk about board games. I'll do that at a different time. Is a ball player, Ronnie B, very good. Is it the same Milton Bradley that I grew up playing? I don't know why his parents named him that. <laughs> Didn't they know that there was a board game company? But anyway, Milton Bradley, this is a day after Milton Bradley said that the Chicago, Chicago is racist because of a couple dumb fans who pointed out that he's a black guy not getting the job done. And so it seems like the black guys are kind of discouraging Black kids, because they're making baseball out to seem racist. You want kids to join, then don't make it seem like it's an old, old uh, rednecks club. But the point is, there are certain people that worked really hard to get fucking black people in baseball. And now you don't see it anymore. And those same kind of people had to, to fucking scrap. Now, I agree with you uh, that, um, you know, there, there are opportunities to get in, but maybe there's not enough. Here's Paul in New Jersey. You're on Ron Fez. Hey, guys, I want to agree with Tory Hunter. I mean, we need more blacks playing the game. I mean, when I grew up in the 80s and even before me, 60s, 70s, 80s, the game was dominated by blacks. Right. It's a better game. I mean, I know games, the Yankees, you know, three-run homers. Was it? You know, doesn't like station to station. doesn't like fundamentals. You're an American League guy. I understand, Dave, but it's a good game when there's athletic guys running the bases, fielding the game well. I know as an American League guy, you need a DH and a bunch of guys that hit 30 home runs, one through nine in the line. Well, I don't like you that, have me Dave. pegged all wrong. No, that's exactly you. five player. That's exactly you. You don't understand the 90-foot game. <laughs> and you cannot say that the game was at its most popular in the 60s and 70s. Statistically, it's when the game dipped in ratings severely. Oh, he's well. Again, he's not saying popularity. He's saying that there were some fucking great players back then, and and we're not getting that. We're not getting the great black American uh, ball players. I, I, I see Jimmy Rollins. I see Jimmy Ryan Rollins. Yes. Howard. I see Derek Jeter on every fucking Subway commercial. Every every uh, anything that is related to baseball, they're out there. Just be positive. Don't be this griping guy. Because that doesn't help anything. You should highlight the fact that you have great African-American players in the game right now, today. If you highlighted that, more black kids are going to be inspired. Not I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I do, Ronnie. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying don't uh, fucking mistake the fact that a lot of these people that you think are black are really Latin Americans. I don't see that as being fucking racist. It's just a fucking statement, and it's a statement of fucking fact. Now, is it, is the word imposter, you know, could you fucking do that? You could, I guess you could do that with any statement people make. And again, it comes back to everything I hate about sports journalism and fucking sports reporters. As soon as a guy says the way he feels, oh, fuck, the skies open up, and the rain comes down, and it's, oh, it's racist, we don't mm -hmm. need... And it, if you're not faking a fucking interview, they will beat the fucking shit out of you. Uh, Dave in Wyoming, you're a manifest. Hey, what's up, Ron? Hey, I think I think the point is on this, if you want to have the game without racism, then it should be the best players get in. And right now, the Latin Americans just have more good players than the black players. It's not about a racist game. If the black players, if there's enough good black kids going out, they'd get in. It's not like the old days where we're holding black guys out that are good enough to be in the league. No, just I, not enough of them. No, I, no one's even fucking saying that. The, what he's saying is somehow uh, we have lost the fact 
that young black kids want to work towards fucking playing baseball. Uh, it could be, you know, a big difference in the, this is this. If you happen to grow up in the Northeast and you're a kid who plays baseball, you're going to get to play three months out of the year. Yeah. So you have to then compete against kids who grew up playing 12 months out of the year. It's their fucking game now. Yes. Now, a lot of families will then move their kids. When they have a little kid, move to fucking Florida and just go, let me, you know, fucking try to get my kid to be able to play a lot. But it's fucking ridiculous to think that exactly what the guy is saying isn't true, that we're losing the fucking black ball player. Frank in New York, you're on Fez. Hey, boys. You know, another part of it is, is the economics of the sport. In order to play baseball, you need a glove that costs money, a bat. You know, you need the ball. But basketball, you have a ball. There's courts all over the place. You, you play ball. The only thing that's a little different is, is football, where you need a lot more equipment. The kids get into that later when they're, you know, playing high school ball and stuff like that. Kids who play peewee ball, you know, they're, you know, come high school age, they're, they're in the minority. Well, yeah, and quite frankly, uh, if you don't get to some of the kids um, before a certain age, they're never going to be good enough. You know, they, yeah, uh, we that. have a big fucking uh, thing now with some of these young kids are being looked at when they're like 10 and 11 by uh, in basketball and uh, football. Uh, colleges are now looking at really young kids and making them offers. And we think that that's just fucking freakish. But they do this in soccer in Europe all the time. Mm -hmm. Kids that are in Europe will be fucking signing with Man United when they're like 12, 13 years old. Uh, Mark in Houston. Yeah, what's going on, boys? Yeah. Uh, man, uh, for me, it's just that I think it was his, his vocabulary is very limited. And, like, the bigger issue to me is that they're just not developing American talent. They're not spending enough money on American talent. Dave uh, mentioned RBI. They don't spend as much money on RBI as they do on these uh, camps. They have uh, these little academies they have in Venezuela, the Astros our hometown team. They don't have anything in the inner city here, but they have this big Venezuelan camp. So they're spending a whole lot of money on developing foreign players, and then we go to the World Baseball Classic and get the shit beat out of it. And we deserve to get the shit beat out of us, because we don't, we don't look inside anymore. They won an international game, and that's what we have. But here's the interesting thing, Mark. You, you could have, you've gotten that out of what he said, but everybody else wants to call him a racist, because, like you said, he you know he gets asked the question, he answers it, and now we have to act like something's wrong with the world. Where fucking Dave is uh, saying, well, why don't we fucking you know why doesn't he shut his mouth? Blah blah blah. He has to answer questions. He didn't come out and give a speech on Latin Americans versus African Americans. He didn't give that speech. He answered a fucking question. Not a lot of black guys playing the game of baseball. Oh, don't be fucking fooled when you see a black face. Because these are not African-Americans. That's all he basically said. Um, let's go over to my good friend, Earl Douglas, a an actual African-American. How are you, Earl? Buddies, how are you? I don't know whether you're, you're keeping up with this uh, story coming out of uh, California with Tory Hunter. Have you heard about it, Earl? Yes, I read it. And it's... You know, everything's about context these days. Right. So, you know, so you see something in writing, you think that's what they actually meant. I mean, Tory Hunter is probably like the biggest ambassador for the game 
particularly within the black community. I think he has a foundation to try to bring more blacks to the game or back to the game. So when he was saying that, it, it was totally and completely out of context. Well, I, I can only go by the story that was printed. Well, I, do, I, do you think that that's enough before you make this thing? Are using the word racist? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't care what context it is. Come on, are you using t- calling people imposters? What the hell? There, uh, he's he means it, an imposter way of thinking. If you think that you're looking at a black guy, what does that matter? <laughs> it <laughs> matters if you're like Earl said. Your focus is to get more kids, black kids, to play the sport of baseball. So makes fucking how, total sense. That's to me. how you go about it, Earl. Well, that's, you don't go about. I mean, again, and Tory Hunter. I mean, as fierce as a competitor is, as he is, he's also you know he's pretty. I guess let's say lighthearted. He has a good sense of humor about things. He didn't, I, you know. I followed the guy's career enough to say, like, that would never come out of his mouth like maliciously. He would never say that. I mean, come on. And you know, he's playing for a very family-friendly team in the Anaheim Angels. You think he's going to say something like that and not he have said a it. smile on his face when he said it? He never said it. He said. And what, what, what about the quote that he also thinks baseball signing Latino Americans more because they'll sign for quote a bag of chips. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. You, you, it's in the same. Is it fucking wrong for uh, American workers to get pissed off over, let's say, Asians who are willing to do the same jobs for a dollar? The kids down in these islands have no fucking money whatsoever. They don't have a TV at their house. They don't have a computer. Their family, their community says you have to work at fucking baseball. Not play baseball. You have to work at baseball, and then maybe someday you can, you know, invest money back in into this. Dave, GMs and scouts have basically said the same thing. They said, if you can go down to the island, you can bring back four players for the price of one American player. I'm not even saying a black player. You can go down there and basically... It's just simple economics. It's yeah, like, but if they can play, they can play. No one's going to make a Major League Baseball player, I mean, a, a Major League Baseball roster if they can't play baseball. All right, but and the same fucking thing. Could you take a kid in fucking, um, let's say, Indiana, some fucking little eight-year-old kid, show some real promise to play baseball. Could you say, uh, we're going to take him away from his parents, uh, he's just going to play baseball every fucking day, he's not going to do anything else, and then maybe one day he'll make money. We don't know, though. It's fucking insane. It's like a fucking sweatshop down in the fucking... No, you can't. I think American parents would sign up for that right now. Fuck, they wouldn't be allowed to. The fucking the government would step in in a heartbeat. And Dave, you, you're saying like the kid can play. Imagine you can get four players whose skill level is as good and as it's not better than the one kid you could have got from America. They're looking at it... Purely from a numbers game. So then that yeah, affects white guys too, white ball players. But absolutely, he only, but he only went after blacks. It's, no, a, it's a crying. Uh, mentality. You, you're just fucking. You, you won't. You won't. You, you won't fucking listen to anything. A white fucking player could say the same exact thing. That's my a point. A white guy, and they do. If you fucking paid any attention at all over the years, we've always been concerned that white kids aren't fucking playing baseball anymore. We get concerned that fucking. Um, that, that there's no fucking spot for natural-born Americans in the game anymore. And not saying that as a way of, let's fucking bomb the Dominican. We're not saying that at all. We're just saying we no longer have the fucking game. The same exact way that uh, the Canadians can feel about 
suddenly American teams stealing their fucking sport, you know? Well, I mean, I, I just don't understand why people care about this. Like, if Russell Crowe is a great action star, I don't give a fuck if he's not American. Yeah, because you don't care about Hollywood. These are people who actually care about the fucking industry themselves. You don't give a shit. You're walking around in a dirty Ramon shirt like there's no fucking tomorrow. <laughs> I, I just don't think that every time somebody points out fucking color that they're fucking racist. I'm not even saying the guy's right, he's wrong, whatever. But stop fucking raining on somebody who Earl's already brought up all the fucking good things this guy's done for the fucking communities. Is that in the fucking paper? Are you bringing up that story on the air? No. Nobody has any fucking time for those stories. But the second anyone says anything that could be slightly fucking racist, oh, let's all fucking get torches, go over his house and burn it down. No, I just think that pointing out race in sports is, it's a big, it's an egregious error for me personally. I went well, after John Rocker just as hard because that guy had no place bringing up race. I don't give a fuck if he's white, black, or Hispanic. Leave well, it out. Well, Leave it out. Baby, you, baby, you bringing up race or you bringing up culture, like Ron just said. The culture in a lot of these islands is baseball. That's their business. It's Good. That's a great thing. Well, you can, Rivera is a beautiful you, person to watch. Yes, and there's how many fucking kids left behind for one of him that they're fucking treating these kids like they're farm animals. And not all of them make it. Some of these kids have dedicated themselves so they don't fucking learn to read, write, do anything else, but play baseball. And then fucking Major League said, uh, no, not you. Even though I put you through this thing for the last fucking eight years, not you. And if you looked at it, if we had that in fucking America, it would be a major story of fucking child abuse. But you only focus on the fucking stories that come out of it fucking pro. That's the only fucking stories. And that, to me, is bad for baseball, too. It's fucking bad for baseball that you're sitting there and basically grinding up fucking these uh, island kids and fucking coming out with some kind of little piece of sausage. Dave, there's a movie out now. I just saw it last night on HBO. It's called Sugar. I'd like to see it. All he watches is Hostel. (laughs) And it's about... This exact same thing about how they basically breed these baseball players and then stick them in America. You know, they sign a major league deal. And the guy was basically, his salary was basically covering his family's income for, you know, it was for less basic needs. And how he struggles to, like, A, learn the language. And then once his career doesn't happen, what happens to this guy? Cause, like, what happens? Said, you get a real job. You're talking to someone who's well, uncle. Uh, well, hold on, baseball, dude. How many? Well, hold on. How many fucking jobs are in, down there? How many fucking? What are we training these kids to do other than catch a fucking we're baseball? We're giving them a shot. At least we're giving them a shot. I mean, and, and all he's saying is the fucking uh, inner city kids aren't getting a fucking shot. They're not getting the same fucking shot. It's not working the same fucking way. Uh, or I'm gonna let you go here. All right, buddy. All right. Do me a favor and text me more pretty pictures from around the city. <laughs> I, I, I don't know whether this uh, this relationship of ours. He's now uh, texting me uh, pictures of paintings that he's looking at. <laughs> and I actually nice. said to my chick, I, th- "I think girls in love with me. I think he's trying to woo me." <laughs> I was at this really cool gallery downtown, and I thought you would be interested in it. It's really came across a little gay girl. Came across a little gay. Earl, you profess your love if that's what you want to do. Well, he's going to get shot then. (laughs) Because I can't have that reputation at all.
And art really translates for, by a one by, by two centimeter text pick. Boy, well, Dave, Dave, you I would feel, love this exhibit also. It's got great. a lot of Guns N' Roses in it. <laughs> Feeling good. Yeah, they had Guns N' Roses stuff there, too. By the way, uh, Tommy Hilfiger in uh, the New York Post talking about why, why he had to punch, punch uh, Axel out <laughs> and uh, saying, now Axel is friendly with him. Now Axel wants to be buddies. <laughs> well, that's but, common, right? When you, when you it's get into common fight, when someone gets beat up. Yeah, it's <laughs> really fucking not common to be... Uh, beat up by a guy who sews. <laughs> That's the embarrassing part of it. All right, thank you, Earl. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Matt. Matt, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing, buddy? I'm okay. I'm sorry. I got uh, Ichiban. Uh, what do you got for us? Uh, Merlin Olsen, uh, football player, Hall of Famer, dies at age 69 of cancer. Oh, I knew he's Man. been sick for a while. Yeah. Another, another one of the fearsome foursome. He was suing them, too. For what? He was he was suing... He had a cancer helmet? What the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, he was suing... He, he sued the NFL and his team because, uh, I believe... Uh, what's that shit called? Asbestos? Asbestos. He said he got In asbestos from... Actually, he claimed that it was from... Uh, CBS, I believe, he broadcasted for. Really? And he said that he got asbestos when he was broadcasting, that they didn't, he didn't broadcast in clean conditions, and people thought it was kind of a bit of a frivolous lawsuit, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know either. Uh, a lot of guys uh, in my neighborhood, the dads, all died from the asbestos from the factories. And um, it was really, you know, looking back on when I was a kid, there was a, like a lot of old men who were like, 40, 45 years old, and we're like, oh, well, he made a nice run of it, though. But you <laughs> That know, old guy. Yeah, that old guy's dead. <laughs> I know he's been sick for a while. But uh, a lot of those guys had to deal with the asbestos shit. That's crazy, man. Good point. A I mean, age, crazy. age is a weird thing. Anyway. And great transition for Merlin Olsen, uh, athlete and TV star. Father Murphy, Little House on the Prairie. And then asbestos poisoning. I don't, <laughs> yeah, and not all not the, good. All the uh, tr uh, things uh, work out as well as you think. Um, here's uh, Jason in Ohio. You're on Fez. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good, man. I said uh, two points for the Toy Hunter thing. The first thing was, uh, a year ago, there was a story with the, the scouts going into the Dominican Republic and signing these guys. One, because they couldn't translate in English for all, and they were signing their lives away. And these scouts were taking, you know, 30 or 40% of their signing bonus and their salary because they didn't even know what they were doing. Right. So of course, of course they're going to, you know, bring it in. But the other thing without the the blacks not being in Major League Baseball, that's, that's Major League Baseball's fault, and they actually started the program, that RBI program, and CC Sabathia is part of it, and Tory Hunter, where they're, they're rebuilding fields in inner cities to get black kids involved again. Yeah. So it's it, it's true. But you know, Dave, you're a Yankee fan. Look at the Yankees roster right now. How many how many white guys are on there? How many black guys and how many of them are? Earl does. Uh, Dave doesn't see color. He only oh, sees geez. what the Steinbrenner family wants him to see. There are a lot of black guys on the Yankees. Uh, and who cares? They're imposters. <laughs> Dave, Marilyn, you're in my face. Hey, uh, what about the American Samoans? Uh, they put more people in uh, football than anybody else. Every male is uh, put to a football program. Um, I saw a thing on, I guess it was HBO Sports about this. Yeah, you saw, I saw the same thing. It's insane how small these islands are. And how they start playing football at a really young age. And they've kind of intertwined it with this Samoan warrior thing that they have in their past. So they go through this kind of like ritual and all. And then instead of going to battle, they play football. 
And these islands are so fucking tiny. Right. And then in the middle of this, you know, you'll just see people living with this fucking and kind of uh, roofs. Some of them don't even have walls and shit, you know, just thatch roof. And the next of it, this big gaudy McMansion that somebody's Samoan son fucking bought them. <laughs> and you're like, you can't even, you're just in the same neighborhood as everybody else. It's fucking intense yeah. over there. But it's crazy how many Samoan football players we have now. You would be surprised how small those islands are. And then how many, you know, Samoan names can most American kids say now yeah. from watching football? And every time you see one of those HBO Hard Knocks shows, there's always an episode where they have the guys doing the Samoan dance. Right. Before, you know, like in the cafeteria. Um, here's uh, Nicholas. Oh, at Crunch Gear. How are you, buddy? Hey guys, what do you say, dude? Uh, I got an Ichiban. It looks like the Conan O'Brien comedy tour is a go. It's so gonna happen. It's it's a hundred percent official. It's a uh, teamcoco.com. It starts in April, and it's in New York uh, June first. Now, what exactly are we looking at in this comedy tour? Is it going to be like his show? Is he going? We to have guest? no idea. He he just announced it on Twitter uh, about an hour ago. All so. right, we'll have to look into the Team Coco. Uh, comedy tour and uh, Conan O'Brien fighting back against corporate America. He has somehow positioned himself to be the everyman. Yeah. The everyman who just got a $30 million payout, but he's the little guy. It's an amazing thing that you're able to pull off being the little guy and being having more money than everybody who's showing up <laughs> to support you. Um. <laughs> At Coco, I think Tom Hanks gave him that fucking name. The name is... Oh, that, really? Yeah. The name that fucking uh, stuck for him. Uh, what do you got there, Dave? What's well, it say? He's calling it the Legally Prohibited from Being Funny on Television Tour. Mm. And he's got a bunch of dates. He'll be in New York City June 1st and 2nd. That's a night it. of comedy. Comedy. Uh, music, hugging, and the occasional awkward silence. Um, so, yeah, he's going to have bands on tour with him. It's going to be an old-fashioned fucking variety show. Yeah. It's actually a great idea uh, to keep his name out there. I'm sure he'll get great bands, too. He always gets good bands on his shows. Well, yeah, uh, all those people will also be playing to the masses of people who now see them part of the, themselves as part of Team Coco, <laughs> where this is now taking on some kind of generation gap <laughs> between guys in their 40s and guys in their 60s. <laughs> They're really more rallies than shows. Well, I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, there's no reason that if you didn't have a decent budget to go out there and, and make a really... First of all, I'd rather see a fucking variety show than go and see a rock concert or a comedian do an hour and a half. You know, I get a little bored no matter who I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. You know, I could go fucking see anybody and be like a few songs in and going, oh, come on. <laughs> Again with this, we're deep cutting, you know? But... To have everybody do eight, ten minutes is a fucking perfect night. It sounds cool. If I, I, maybe if my parents get me tickets, I'll go. Well, are you sure? I know you have schoolwork the next day. <laughs> Just throwing that out there in case Beanie's listening. Tell him you're getting an award, the Coco. Why don't you go online for it like you uh, have a tendency to do? Or you set up, uh, you know, fucking Dave for Coco tickets. Please send money. I've never set anything up. I know you're not setting it up, but somebody's setting it up. For I you. know. People are strange that way, but whatever. Whatevs. <laughs>
Feeling dirty, feeling good. You're fucking weird today. <laughs> You're bizarrely weird. <laughs> Fez is just the opposite. He's all exhausted, laying back, just kind of watching the show. Dave is screaming, running around in his dirty fucking clothes. I was furious about that Tory Hunter thing. Dave has turned into Lord of the Flies, and Fez has turned into Schindler's List. Fez looks like he's going to be packed on a fucking train and sent away. And Dave's about to cut his T-shirt into a half shirt and be running around hitting fucking uh, sure, Peggy with a stick. I could tie it. Tie it at the belly. If I get any more shine on my face, people are going to have to look at me with sunglasses. The glare coming off of me has to be enormous. You're oddly uh, a person who worries about things for as poorly as you dress <laughs> and and everything. But then the, you have a, a strange ego about yourself at the same time. <laughs> yeah, where it's like if I feel... You know, if I'm not, I'm kind of uh, down on my self image to begin with. So if I feel where it's not coming across as clean, I got to think other people are just seeing me as, yeah, right out of a, a gorilla cage where I'm just filthy. I thought that of you when I saw you with a tux. I didn't see the difference. I don't wear formal wear very well. Big, I, I have an ill-fitting body. Big prizes to give away tomorrow, Fez. On Search Search, Hurry Up and Search, we'll be playing that tomorrow, later in the show. And the prizes include, signed by Bill Cosby, the CD, Castronati, State of Emergency. Also, Curb Your Enthusiasm on DVD, that's season one on DVD, signed by Jeff Garland. Plus, we'll have the DVD documentary, Here Is What Is, signed by producer Daniel Lanois. That's tomorrow on Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. Make sure you are following at 202 Friends if you want to be able to play. PK in New York, you're in run of Fez. Hey, buddies. Yeah. I just want to let you know, I just checked to see uh, the Team Coco show, mm -hmm. and uh, I checked down at Atlantic City, I guess, in May, and they're asking about 155 a ticket plus a service fee on top of it. Wow. Someone's looking for another $30 million. Jesus Christ. The Stones charge 75 for upper seats. Yeah, upper. Upper. Yeah, we're talking about good seats, not where your parents buy you tickets. <laughs> I'd love the day followers out there to send them to this, though. Yeah, I mean, you know. Really nice. I'd prefer the June then, 1st show. And then, don't you also, isn't there DVDs you want and some other fucking electronic mm -hmm. gadgets? Yeah, there's things on I, my Amazon wish list. Hey, sure. I see you just fucking shaking your head disgusted. It. it just, it hurts. He's getting all this crazy shit sent to him. It just, it just hurts me. That's all. That's all. I'm just sad. Are you embarrassed for him or you wish you had your own stuff? No, I, I don't want to ask anyone for anything. It's it's just ridiculous that he is still buying DVDs with the sick child. <laughs> oh! Wow. What are you talking about? That came Whoa. out of nowhere. Nine dollars. Oh, my goodness. All right, nine dollars. Okay. You have to <laughs> spend something to keep sane. I have a two. I have a four-hour commute every day. I'm sorry. I'm going to spend nine dollars on fucking uh, Manhattan Murder Mysteries. Okay. Really? You got that? Yes, I bought that at the uh, Dwayne Reed. Uh, I was very so, happy that they had that Dwayne it's Reed. It's a fine movie. I love it. It's in my DVD player right now if you want to watch a little bit of it. No, I don't want to put on your headphones. You haven't fucking, you know, washed yourself in a couple of days. Can I say um, a thank you then to someone? Do whatever you want. Um, there, uh, um, Jay Alger from Unscripted Gear got me this hat where you can, um, it's dry erase hat, so you can say whatever is on the hat. I have no idea what you're talking you about. You can write a message on the hat mm -hmm. and then it, that'll be your message. And then if you want to write a new thing on your hat, you can write that too. Well, why it's don't very you, cool. Why don't you just write on your hat, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright. Day two, uh, no showering. Here's the stupid hat. 
That's what he um, wrote, the guy. And uh, the guy wrote on the hat, by the way, uh, world's best pussy eater, <laughs> which I think it was liquor. I think if we we're going to <laughs> yeah. be, to, which is without a doubt my favorite story I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Well, let's say uh, put the hat on, Dave, so we can get a good look at you. Now, was this on your wish list? No, this is just a delightful surprise. Yeah. I'm not going to get in trouble for the contest, right, by this? No. No. Okay. So that's the hat. But I, I see there's a marker here, so I can write whatever. So I can write kill me on the hat. I think that's a very clever idea. I was upset that I didn't come up with it myself because I am a... It would have been uh, perfect for you. Yeah, I, I am an inventor. Eventually, someone will come along in this contest and with their finger just write, wash me across the front of it. <laughs> we'll be able to do that on your forehead, <laughs> you greasy bastard. I didn't know you were oily. I am a very oily person. No idea. I'm so greasy, I can't stand myself. And this is just 24 hours grease. All right, Dave wrote, kill me, and it's perfect. Fez, I'm going to ask you, it's up to you, can the hat be part of you? I will allow the kill me hat. But you can't wash it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the final message? Yeah, once it's on. No, we, we can always change the message. Oh, okay. The messages can be changed. Um, all right, we're going to take a break here. Uh, when we get back, more to talk about this Corey Haim thing. I guess the other Corey, I don't know his name, I guess it's also Corey Haim, uh, was on TV last night saying... He's tired of everybody leaping and saying that this was a drug overdose. We don't know this. Don't make disparaging uh, remarks about the Corey. And Fez, you were telling me earlier that this has got a lot to do with how much you hate child actors and what happens to them. Yeah, and just the path that they end up on. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and pick that up. It's a run Fez show. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? Oh, yeah, buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, Chris Stanley, and a filthy Eastside Dave and loving it. Of course, the filthy Fez Watley, not so much loving it. All right, Fez Watley, the... Uh, the Corey Haim stuff, apparently this being released as a overdose, um, maybe uh, too early to say. Yeah, it's uh, and there's other things where he had prescriptions for, you know, a cold or flu he was fighting. So that may come involved as well. Right. So the autopsy being conducted today. So I just, I just think that this is another case about kids being... On television, where it's just another sad ending to a kid that got messed up from his fame. Well, again, he's not. He wasn't a kid. He was thirty-eight years old. He was a man. Mm -hmm. But so, if this would have been a little kid who OD'd or had problems, I think it would be a, di a different story. I'm not exactly sure how you even tie the both in. Well, his problem started when he was very young. He mm -hmm. start. I mean, he says his problem, his drug abuse started when he was filming Lost Boys. So you blame that on the movie company? Yeah, somebody's not watching that kid. Somebody is not. There's kids in that movie, and obviously not being supervised either <clears throat> by the people that have hired them or mm -hmm. by their parents. Either side, no one's watching the kids. 
Okay, but what do you do about it? Uh, so what would you like to do about this? I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do. Yeah, I would I would probably, you know, I think kids need, if you're going to put a kid in a film, mm-hmm. you're going to have to do some real psychological testing, uh, you know, to make sure a kid can handle exactly. Well, how do you figure that out? Well, uh, you just see exactly how grounded they are. But, I mean, again, uh, that's not going to be 100%. What you're looking for is a 100% rule. I'm, uh, and I think you also need that they need to go visit the house for a while. Like maybe child services needs to be involved in ch- in filmmaking with kids. They basically are. Uh, a kid can only be on the set X amount of hours. They have to have uh, schooling. All that stuff is already taken care of. Yeah, but I mean, do they go to the house and, you know, observe what's going on, what the home life is? Well, let's say if they even do that. Are, is everybody going to be on their best behavior then? I mean, I think if you went to... I, I, I don't know how this kid started doing dope and you can even end up blaming the parents. Well, I think it's just... It's unsupervised. And then he just went from there. He was partying from there. But he, he was, was 14 on Lost Boys. 14 or 15. Yeah. Uh, most uh, kids start experimenting at that exact age. No matter what happened to them. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm not exactly sure. So you don't want to get rid of kid actors. No, I, I think that's probably ridiculous to try to do. I would, I mean, if there was a way around it, if we could do like some sort of CGI kid. All right, so CGI kids would be great. That would be that would be the perfect world where there wouldn't be kids involved in this in show business until they're 18. That mm. would be perfect world. But I don't know how you would go about that, and or do movies or TV shows. Without well, families. So what is the problem of show business? Where, where is show business responsible? Show business, it's the TV shows and the movies. You know what? There ha- Even though, like, let's say Lost Boys is done. Mm-hmm. You know, there has to be some accountability with the studios and stuff afterwards. There has to be. But, but would you want to say, all right, my kid is doing something, and now I want that corporation coming back and checking on me and my family? I mean... The corporation should never go into a family life and say, here's how we want you to run your kid. I think you'd be against that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would be against that. All right, then, then what it should be is like, you know, uh, the county of Los Angeles. All right, so the government tells you how to run your kid. The government needs to check up on these kids to see how they're doing after they're done with their fame. And why is that the government's business? Because we're ending up getting kids that but, are getting dr- drug problems and leading taken into adulthood and gov- dying young. But the government didn't put them in movies. No. So why would they be the experts on what's going on with the kid? That's w- what I don't understand. It would just be an extension of what they do now. What you brought up of you know working certain hours, you know making. So basically, sure- you're saying the government should now dedicate themselves to keeping an eye on rich kids and their personal lives, even though. On the outside, everything looks like it's going great. I the think kid's happy. The parents are happy. The government says, we don't care how happy you are. We're going to give the family psychological test. Yeah. I think like any other child worker, you know, things they, have to be checked on. They, but they get that. Everything that you're saying already exists. As a matter of fact, if you read stuff about most directors, a lot of cost overruns are done because the kids can't work as long as the parents. And they're incredibly strict about it um i read stuff about uh certain uh kids growing up that used to be furious 
that they actually couldn't work more. But in Los Angeles, where this thing is, you know, pretty commonplace, it's uh, it's done all the time. <clears throat> I just don't know how you would go about doing this, or whether this is even the problem. How could you trace a thirty-eight-year-old man back to something that happened when he was on the Lost Boys? Um, Davy Mac, what age did you start uh, doing dope? Uh, fifteen, freshman 15. year of high school. All right, fifteen years old. He went to a Catholic school, no girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've met his parents, loving people. I don't think you could ever uh, say their idea was for Dave to start doing dope, nor would they have any idea he was doing dope. Say the same about my folks. Hicks's family, let's face it, he was getting his dope from them, so that doesn't uh, th- that doesn't count as much. I'm not sure, Fezzi, and now Dave wasn't in show business. I wasn't in show business. I'm not even sure that you can blame this on show business. Well, the rate of, you know, child stars that have died young. What are the rate? What is the rate compared to the people who grew up in my neighborhood? I think my neighborhood would beat them. I think we could beat fucking Hollywood where I grew up. But what happens is they're not famous. Mm -hmm. If I started uh, running off a list of people that I knew who died young... It wouldn't mean a goddamn thing to you because you didn't know who they were. I don't. I'm. I'm. Don't know if you could even say the numbers were any fucking bigger. It's just you just happen to know these people. I think if anything, it might be celebrityhood, but I don't. I don't see a correlation between the kid, you know, being a kid actor and then being a druggie. <laughs> After all, there's Jodie Foster. Sean Penn was on Little House in the Prairie. There's a lot of people who go on to be have a great life. Uh, here is uh, James, James Washington, you're on my uh, This is David in Washington. Mm. I'm going to call you James. Okay. Right. That's, that's cool. All right. um, yeah, you kind of just took the words right out of my mouth just now. Uh, I was going to say, what about the people who have drug problems since they were kids, grow up in OD, who just happened to not be famous? You know, that's that's the only reason why Fez uh, even knows about this is because this kid happened to have television fame. Well, I, I mean, and also looking for the government to do it. I'm sure in that county there's a lot more kids in Compton that need government uh, uh, help mm-hmm. uh, and assistance than the kids living in Beverly Hills. I think that if you really looked at it when, you know, and I don't know where this money is supposed to come from, to constantly watch over people. But again, uh, if you went to the Oscars the other night, Jeff Bridges has had a 50-year fucking career. Show business. Show business parents. Parents took him on the set as a young kid. Sat there and just said, I've had the greatest fucking life. I mean, he was just like, my parents brought me to this, as he put it, groovy, groovy business. And he's been having a groovy time ever since. But you're not going to say, no one ever gets furious and go, look at fucking Ron Howard. You know what I mean? Look at the Bridges brothers. Uh, look at the Osmonds. All those kids were in show business. The one who wasn't killed himself. You know? You don't know everything that's going to happen with kids. I think some of those are the lucky ones that made it through the fame and were able to keep their heads together. Dude, let me tell you something. In life, luck plays a big deal in everything. Just like a kid who comes out of Compton, he's got to be somewhat lucky. More lucky 
than the kid in Beverly Hills. What you're looking for is a hundred percent, you know, score here. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to get it. Yeah. Well, I think I think a thing to do would maybe be like with a Corey Haim when he was a kid actor before he goes on to another movie. Maybe drug test him. See if there's if the, if they suspect a problem with drugs, drug test them before they let him go work on another film. So to sup- see if there's a problem there. Suppose he shows up with marijuana in the system, then, then the kid can't work anymore. Then he's then he can't go on to that next movie. And then he stops doing drugs. If he wants to stay in show business. But what if he keeps on doing drugs? You, you know what I mean? What you're saying then is now you're going to cut him off at even an earlier age. You know what I'm saying? Like the kids when you played on the baseball team. You get caught fucking doing dope, maybe you get kicked off the baseball team. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to quit fucking doing dope, you know? I think, it, also, I don't think that's realistic, because if a movie really wants a kid actor for a specific role, there's no amount of, I mean, they're, they're just not going to get rid of them, even with the drug use. Uh, here's David Michigan, you're on a Fez. Hey, Ron, hey, Bubble Wrap. What's up? Uh, I was wondering if uh, Fez would be agreeable to hiring midgets, adult midgets, to play uh, kid actors. I think they prefer the name Little People, but I think that that might work out so that if you're watching a show, uh, all of a sudden a midget would be there. Dad, I'm a, I'm a little upset right now. Why do I have to go to my room again? And it all looks like the fucking lollipop kids. I'd watch it. I'd watch a show called My Kids Are Crazy Midgets on Thursday nights at 9. They'd have to shave. Now, those people would probably still end up doing dope, though, so you're not going to get around that. What do you do about a guy who uh, doesn't do drugs but looks back and says, there was so much pressure put on me that I ended up a drug addict? Yeah, well, those things need to be considered. And But how do you consider who gets to decide? I think who gets to take away the kid's dream? I think maybe SAG should have counseling for kid actors they if, do. as part of the union. They do. And it should continue, you know, after oh, they're done with their fame. Yes, it does. To see if they're those, all right. Those things exist. Everything that you're bringing, everything that you've asked for has been around since the 1950s. Doesn't mean that everybody is going to be able to take advantage of them. As a matter of fact, I, I don't know a lot about Corey Haim, but apparently... He's been trying, uh, from my understand, very hard for a very long time to kick his drug problem. It's a hard fucking thing to do. And maybe he did, or maybe drugs took such a fucking toll on him that, you know, his, eventually his heart gave out even after he was sober. That happens to fucking people. But you're not going to get a hundred fucking percent. Um, here is, uh, Josh in Florida. You're on Fez. Oh, I'm sorry, I got a bad connection. I hope you can hear me. Yeah, I can. Um, I want to know from Fez, whatever happened to the responsibility of the family? Why do they want government, all these entities, to take care of everything? Whatever happened to the family? I think the family should be taking care of this. Uh, Corey Haim's family obviously couldn't. And there's no reason why a movie studio, when him and the other Corey are making movies, can't check into this and offer their own help since they're the ones making money off of Corey Haim. I think it would be I think it would be a smart investment on their part if they want to make Corey Haim movies when he's a kid, have him in their film to make sure that he's okay. <clears throat> Generally, you make one movie with each studio. There's not just some studio that you're signed up for in life. So when you're a uh, you work for them for a short amount of time, 
And then it would be very strange to me to hear the people that you worked for two years ago now want to send some everybody into your house and observe the way you are together. I don't know why you don't find that frightening. I don't know why you wouldn't find it frightening for any outside entity to come into your home and watch the way you fucking behave together and then say, here's the changes we want to see you make. How long would it take for any fucking American to want to kick that person out into the fucking street? Get the fuck out of my house. And it would be impossible for the person to know you on just meeting you for, even if it was a few hours. But can you imagine someone coming in and saying pizza again? No, I would not want that. Very, very strange. Um, here is uh, Craig. Craig in Maryland, you're in my face. Hey, guys. My boss's 38-year-old son just died from alcohol poisoning and had a bad alcohol problem. And I'm sure as a kid he worked for McDonald's and probably started drinking with his friends. I mean, is it McDonald's job to worry about what these guys are doing after hours and on their free time? McDonald's didn't put him under the pressure of being a celebrity and being a star. Um, there's all kinds of pressures in life. There's all kinds of pressures in life, and success is definitely one of those pressures. Uh, failure is also a pressure. Not having enough money, incredible pressure. Your parents getting divorced, another pressure. Bad grades in school, another pressure. I hate to tell you this, Fez, part of the human condition is dealing with fucking pressure. There's no way around it. You can always come up for a reason to feel bad. Sometimes uh, you're a kid, you fall in love with a little girl, she doesn't love you back. You have to deal with that. You have a bike, your friends have nicer bikes. You want to play for the basketball team, you don't make it, you run up the steps crying, your okay. mom and brothers see you. All right. That wasn't necessarily you. That seemed very specific to me. You know that I told that story last week. And then you kill their fish. <laughs> that also happened to me. Now, Fez, you, you know uh, Dave's parents? Mm-hmm. Nice people. Couldn't love them anymore. He tells the story out of his youth. He's done a lot of crazy-ass things. Before even the drug usage. And I'll tell you this, if you sent somebody to that house, they would all be on their best behavior. Just like when you're pulled over by a cop. You couldn't be more polite than when you're pulled over by a cop. Right. Um, Scott, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. i uh, got a question for Fezzy. So your breakdown that, that you've had, would you ultimately blame this on the fame and fortune that you got from the Run and Run show back in Tampa in the early days? No, I didn't blame it on that at all. No, what what do you blame it on? I blamed it on, on, you know, childhood fears that I never addressed, you know, until adulthood. And now I'm addressing them myself. Now, why weren't your parents there to address those childhood fears? They didn't know how to do it. They were there, but mm -hmm. they, didn't, they didn't subside any fears or phobias. Right. What should they have done? It would have been nice if, you know, maybe the school had some counseling, something did, there, since the parents didn't did, know what to do. Did the school know that you had problems? Um, n no, but, I mean, the parents could have gone to the school and told my teacher about it. Would there have been something that you think the school would have helped if they were told? Um, I don't know. I, right. I honestly don't know. So you don't know because nobody asked for help. Mm -hmm. uh, at school, did you show off any of these problems? 
every now and then, but not often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not saying that anybody should have would have necessarily caught it. It's that you and your parents never told anybody. Did your parents see it as being a major problem? Um, every now and then, yeah. Where it was like, you know, um, the time I was taken to, you know, a doctor about so, nightmares. So your parents did what they could. So I think they and did. You, and they had outside help, and that didn't work. Right. So nothing got done wrong, just nothing seemed to have worked. Right. Nothing. Okay, so how would that make it any difference in this Corey Haim thing? I mean, I'm sure, because we don't know his family, mm-hmm. I'm sure this kid's been staying in shrink or drug rehabs since he was a very young guy. I'm sure there were thousands of people who fucking tried to help this kid. Why wouldn't they? Not everybody gets the help in the way that they need to fucking take it. It's not 100%. It's not 100%. I know you'd like to be, but um, what are you going to do? Uh, Matt, you're on a fez. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, I mean, some of this has been touched on while I was waiting, but, you know, the thing, Fed sounds so crazy about this because for every one Corey Haim, there's 1,000 or 2,000 or 5,000 of these child stars that go on to behind-the-scenes stuff or they start a successful real estate company or they open a restaurant or they work in a bank. And, and, you know, so uh, this isn't as prevalent as he wants to make it sound like. But that doesn't mean fine. that we shouldn't try to help the Corey Hames or but, the Dana Plato's but, or the Todd Bridges but, out there. But, but you're acting like there is no help when there is. There's already a union that, that will help them, and there's already uh, the uh, child services that help them. They're on the fucking set every single day. Every day. And they've got a stopwatch. And if these kids don't get to eat lunch and do their school, they'll fucking yank them off. It's fucking well known in Hollywood. But what happens is these these actors are still kids when different strokes comes to an end and they're just cast out and there's nothing for them then. What should there be? More TV shows? No, not more TV shows, but at least counseling on how to handle when your run comes to an end, when your TV right. show or movie is over. You would think there would be something there to try to help them. And there is. That's what you're not understanding. You haven't looked totally into this. There is. There's people to talk to. And guess what? It still blows. It still sucks when your show comes to an end and you're an adult. It fucking blows. And Some of the stuff you do in life blows. Kurt Cobain shot himself in the head because he couldn't do, deal with fame. I mean, what or, or does you know? Should he be outlawed from making music? Because he obviously had some mental issues. He's an adult. But the point is Not that he's still everyone... playing guitar. And this guy was an adult. You still don't see him as an adult. You still see him as the little lost boy. He's thirty-eight year old man. Yeah, I'll admit to that. I I still see him from the movies I remember him in. But that's not who he was. That's part of what fucks him up. That's part of what a fucking tough thing about is people want to remember you when you were cute. Dave was cute when he was little. Oh, yeah. I was a little bell of the ball. All because of your red hair. Yep. Um, now a monster. Uh, Dave, uh, you've, already, you've also blamed the ginger attacks on South Park. You said that they've made your life a little living hell. Yeah, it seemed that that's where it begat. Uh-huh. Is South oh, Park got there? Yeah, I mean that's the way you know because then everyone adopted it, and English people and Canadians who saw the episode started calling everyone gingers and right. killing people who were gingers and all that. Um, do you know 
They're doing a new season of South Park. And Cartman is coming back with red hair. And the promo I saw is, why does everybody have to pick on redheaded people? Really? He's defending the red hairs. I will absolutely watch this. I this is exciting. On your dry uh, fucking erase hat to write South Park rules now. Will do. <laughs> we'll always know like his mood now. Mm-hmm. When his mood changes, I want his hat to uh, change. Uh, Richie in Maryland, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, Mr. B. Yeah. Um, I heard uh, earlier that uh, Dr. Drew had apparently been trying to get in touch with this guy, with Haim, for, I don't even know, uh, quite a while, maybe a couple of years, to get him on his show. Now, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about his uh, celebrity show. I definitely think it's uh, somewhat exploitive. But the fact that he just finally denied it and refused any help just goes to show that he wasn't really looking for help, no matter much help, uh, no matter as much help was given to him. Corey Feldman brought him into his house uh, to try to help this kid, and uh, you know I watched that that season or two of uh, two Corys, and it was it was the kid was a nightmare. Mm. Uh, I mean he he he's blown every chance he could get, no matter how much help was offered him. They offered him a, a place to stay. They gave him an assistant. He ended up wrecking a truck because he was all effed up on uh, on meds. He, he screwed up his uh, role in this new uh, Lost Boys movie. I mean, how, how many times can you? How, when do you start blaming the guy himself? When do you start blaming the thirty-eight-year-old? Fezzy, Fezzy, I'll let you answer that. If you know, if he's turning down help as an adult, that's one thing. But if you can help him when he's a kid with a bad drug habit. If you can step maybe, in, maybe look. I don't know whether you've ever been around people who don't want to fucking stop getting high um, when you want them to. Doesn't always work that way. You, it is always going to be up to that person, even a kid. You can't watch a kid twenty four hours a day. And from what I understand, he was just using and getting high back then. He didn't have a fucking runaway problem. You can't take a guy on his early days of drinking. And say to him, this is going to be lead to alcoholism. You're going to stop. Doesn't happen that way. He's like, what are you, fucking nuts? I'm having a ball. Not only are you fucking uh, having a ball, you're probably having the best time of your life. You're partying. You're meeting chicks. It's a great time. This kid had money. He wasn't really anybody to feel sorry for until adulthood ran around. And then he didn't fucking really feel like he wanted to be an adult. It happens to a lot of people. And again, everything I've, I've fucking read about the guy, and I don't know a lot about him, is that he was trying. I never heard that he never made any attempts. He was making some attempts. Just didn't work out for him. Yeah, I mean, if I, I saw a few episodes of that Corey's show, and he was, you know, ta- I think he was sober during the filming of that, and he was trying to hang on to it. I guess it didn't happen, or or, you know. or maybe it did. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know because there, there's also talk that it was just like a heart thing, and it wasn't drug related. The other part of this too is like, I don't know what you think the government is able to do. I don't know why you think that they would even be necessarily fucking good at it. I don't know whether you've ever been down to the DMV and see how those people are just stuck under fucking paperwork. It's a lot of fucking work to run a government. But now you want to take the government into doing stuff like the fucking trash and the mail 
and all the stuff that they have to do, keeping the roads working, and say, now, we also want you to take your time to come into homes and watch us and make sure we're doing the right thing. This would be frightening to most of us. I guess that we could put, like, fucking casino cameras in the house so that any time that they wanted to look in, they would be able to see that we're doing okay inside our own homes. But I think if a kid actor is running amok around Hollywood and being drunk and doing drugs to his detriment, it's, you know, somebody needs to step in if the parents aren't going to. What about any other fucking kid in the country? We don't have any laws that allow kids to drink and do drugs. We never have. Right. There's no school that says, come in to school, do drugs and drink. We don't have that anywhere. We're all on your side from that. And if a kid has a problem, the society itself will say, what are we going to do to fix this? We're not out. If we catch a kid smoking pot, we're trying not to send him to fucking reform school. We catch kids that are drunk, we're trying not to send them to reform school. We're doing everything we can before that. But it's never going to be 100%. It's never going to be 100%. I think that's what you're looking for. That somehow... There's some orderly fashion to life. And it just gets somewhat orderly. Um, here is uh, Eric in Buffalo. You're on my Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Um, I got a question for Fezzy. Fezzy, you had two heart attacks, and I'm sure the doctors have given you plenty of advice on the diet you should eat mm-hmm. on top of the medications that you go with. And yet you claimed that because of the medication you've totally ignored that the advice that they've given you nobody nobody gave me advice on a diet when i was a kid when i was a kid that's fucking bullshit you had health classes you did have fucking health classes we all used to fucking not pay attention to that shit the tv would fucking try to tell you how to eat you don't pay attention but nobody stepped in and changed my diet when I, when I was a kid, when they could make the decision and I couldn't. Wh- who did you want to fucking knock the candy out of your hand? Cops? I mean, a parent could have done that? That's between you and your parents. Have you ever went back to them and talked about it? No. No, I, I'm being honest. No, I haven't talked about so that. So you don't have all the information. No, Even I'm just now. going by what this guy brought up to No, me. but I'm saying you don't know what went on with your parents. You don't have the information. You're saying that your parents should have fed you differently. Now that you are in charge of your fucking body, mm-hmm. do you eat that much differently? Do you follow the diet that you're supposed to? No. Not, I mean, not completely, no. So you're a bad parent to yourself? Yeah, I guess so. So are the rest of us. We're all just doing whatever we can. We're all not all that fucking great. It's not fucking perfect. I, I'm sure Corey Haim's fucking mother loved him. I'm sure she was proud of him when he got into Lucas. I'm telling you right now, that fucking Lucas was an adorable movie. Oh, yeah. With those little glasses of his. Cute this, kid. Charlie Sheen tried to be nice to him back then. Look at Charlie Sheen now. He's fucked up. Uh, Robin in Detroit. You're on Fez. Hi, guys. Yeah. Um, All the parents who get their kids into show business know this is a risk. We've all seen it happen. But... They would rather have the money than worry about their kids. And there's plenty of kids being raised by horrendous parents who aren't in acting. We don't take those kids away. You know, every parent knows the kid the risk when you let your kid ride a fucking bicycle, when you let your kid fucking roller skate, when you let your kids play sports. 
when you let your kids get on a big yellow bus with a bunch of other kids and go away from the fucking house. Exactly. There is a risk to freedom. There is a risk to freedom. What Fez is talking about is letting some communist party come in and saying, here's what the government has decided, the food that you will be rationed. Here's when you will eat. This is what time you'll go to sleep. They can give you that kind of safety. If you want to live in that world, you can have that kind of safety. But safety to do what? Only survive. Not to fucking live. It's not like we've never looked at the communist fucking party and thought there are some benefits to that. There are. There are definite benefits to it. But we fucking think in this country, we would rather have freedom and take the risk of safety from time to time. For some fucking reason, we act like if your dad is running a fucking garage that that kid uh, wouldn't be just drawn to that. That if your mom has a store, you wouldn't say, I want to work in the store with my mom. A lot of these kids grew up in fucking L.A. They see show business. They get drawn to it. Other kids are fucking grew up in, in fucking Idaho and say, I, I fucking want to be on, on stage. You guys have got to get me to L.A. I can't live here. I can't live like this. I don't know what you're looking for, Fez. I think the, one of the problems that people have in the country is when they want to give up those freedoms. You know, whether it's the smoking thing or any of that other bullshit. That's the problem. It's like all this, hey, it's, it's more safe. But it, it isn't. And, and you're giving up shit. Sean in Idaho, you're on my Fez. Sean. Oh, hello. Sorry. Yeah. Hey. Fez gets to talk to millions of people every day. I think right now he's one of the scariest men in America. He's against the First Amendment. He's okay with jocks being fired for saying stuff. He's against people having guns, the right to assemble. He, when was I against the right to, to assemble? And you want people to want uh, the other day. moment of our lives. I don't remember that. Westboro Baptist Church. Where you... Uh, eventually it went up to, uh, yeah, I'm all, totally agreeing. And again, I, I think it's only because you looked at the one case that you don't like. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you have a tendency to do this. And I'm not fucking busting your balls about it. But you see something bad that happens, right? Uh, and go, well, let's change everybody else's life because this one bad thing has happened. And it's almost like if you, you hear about a person who goes on the beach gets killed by a shark, let's shut down that beach. A fucking guy is out on a golf course, gets hit by lightning, no more golfing. Now, obviously, I'm, I've taken it to a fucking extremes for this example, but you have a tendency to think that way. I do get emotional when I see specific stories because when I see Corey Haim's face, it, it becomes personal with me where I see it, the individual there. Right, but... As, as honest, to be honest, as opposed to every other kid that's out partying across the country mm. when they shouldn't be. Or maybe they should be. Maybe it's a fucking right of fucking youth to go out and party in those days. I'm not fucking sitting here going, we need to restrict everybody from fucking enjoying themselves.
some of the best fucking times of my life I fucking had were partying. It all caught up with me, and I had to make some fucking changes. Does that mean I'd want to take away all those experiences I had, all those friendships I made? That would be insane. Matter of fact, I'd be taking away any of the fucking lessons I learned from that. I wouldn't be the fucking person I am now. You've got to have experiences, good and bad, to pick up any kind of wisdom in life. Wisdom is just from, I've been through some things, and these are the decisions I've fucking made about them. That's all you get. But if you haven't, you had none. Um, let's go over to, um, let's go to Nick in California, Yerman Fez. Yeah, it's really easy to see here. Fezzi's entire outlook on life, it's, it's a fantasy that he wants to be someone's pet. Or maybe in a zoo, and he has to have no responsibility over anything. Well, first of all, Nick, let me just answer that. He'd make a, he'd be a great pet. He'd be standing there at the fucking door when you got home. Uh, he'd have the paper in his mouth or the shoot or, or your slippers. And when you rubbed his head and told him good boy, he you couldn't make him any happier. If you're saying I'm loyal, yes, I will agree with you. I wonder. I wonder. Um, we talked about somebody should have stepped in for this kid. I was your friend when I had problems. I never heard a thing from you about it. Matter of fact, even after I quit drinking, uh, I remember you telling me how much fun I was when I did drink. And even before saying, I wish we could drink together one more time. I said that? Uh-huh, because you had such a great time the night that I put the fucking guy up on the coat hook. And mm -hmm. you were like, oh, God, you were so much fun when you were drinking. I wish we could drink together one more time. I remember you saying that to me. I do not remember saying that. That's an awful thing to say. It's not an awful thing to say. That was a fucking great time for you. You didn't have to put up with all the rest of me, just the fun me. Wasn't an awful thing to say at all. I can understand that. But you would make a great pet. I think I would name that pet Fezzy. Such a great fucking song. Good girl. Good girl. Here's David in California. You're on a Fez. Yeah, Fez. The reason why some of these kids are the way they are, they're eccentric kids. So they gravitate toward that type of life. They, they, they know what they're looking for for a little kid. Uh, they, they, so they gravitate toward that type of uh, life. So they're eccentric kids. So... When they get older, 
they would probably be screwed up anyway. So maybe they need extra help while they're, you know, on the set and when their run comes to an end. Again, maybe they need I'm, more than what's being provided. They have it. If you would look into it, they have it. They have an enormous amount. Enormous amount of that is going on. And not only that, some of those kids have amazing talent. That little Leo, that movie that he did with Robert De Niro, and he was just a little kid, he was fucking amazing. Yeah, man, this boy's life. That was incredible child acting. I mean, even Haley Joel Osment, we don't know where he is. It was amazing but he was, when he was a little kid. He was ridiculous. The Home Alone kid, fucking phenomenal. Great, great. And who was the little girl just a couple years ago before she got awkward? Dakota Fanning. Amazing. Amazing little actress. Great guy. Great, great actress. The little kid from uh, Christmas Story, Peter Billingsley, I, I always loved. Now, you know what he's doing? What? Directing and producing films. He's Vince Vaughn and uh, John Favreau's yeah. fucking partner in he's different success. things. He's great success. And seems to be, have kind of a Ron Howard, got his fucking head on straight. I mean, besides Ron, yeah, is there anyone bigger than Ron Howard? Jodie no. Foster? Jodie Foster's I great. I mean, you know, it, there's plenty of people. Jodie yes, Foster. they made it through. As a, some people make it through. But you would says, be depriving them. I, I want you to understand something. And this is the weird thing about freedom. Not everybody makes it through. I have fucking people I love that didn't make it fucking through. I have people I tried to help. Didn't make it through. Breaks my heart. But I don't know if I went and run, run tanks into their fucking neighborhood. And then there's one fucking guy I gave up on completely. I'm like, he's just never going to be there. And he's fucking back. He's doing okay. So who's to say? I don't know whether you think somebody's going to come in from the outside with some kind of magic wand and fix everybody. Who's going to do that? What government agency has ever been run that well? What has the government ever done that has been run so fucking well that you're like, yeah, they should be into everything? I I've never seen something. But we don't have other options. When, you know, yes, we do. We have when the kids are in trouble at home, and I'm saying any kid, child services needs to come in and, and do something about it. That's what we have. And they do. Everything you're saying already happens. Everything that you say, when they fucking, when we have little kids that are in trouble in this country, the school tries to help, the parents tries to help, the church tries to help, everybody does everything they fucking can, and, and, and a, you know, decent community, I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's fucking communities that we have that suffer a lot more than fucking Beverly Hills, that's for sure. You've got, I, I am, I would not be surprised if there's plenty of fucking kids within 10 miles of where we are right now that don't have enough food or medicine or whatever the fuck they need. It happens. You do the best you can with it. It gets a little better every year. Hopefully. But it ain't 100%. It's never going to be. And you shouldn't be taking options away. I mean, the, that is the big thing in America is That's right the now. fucking, uh, oddly enough, that dirty bastard has said something fucking true. You're taking options away from, from kids. And you, you're, you're single-handedly changing everything. You know, what? who's to say if Ron Howard wasn't a kid actor, maybe he wouldn't have even got into directing films. Right. Now, now you've altered all that shit. And, you know, we were talking about the Dominican kids. And my fucking beef there was it's kind of cheating because they don't have the same things that we have. I, and, I, and I'm saying it's cheating us, our American ballplayers. I wasn't even, you know, 
going back to it. But our American ball players are being cheated because they don't. Now, I'm sure over there, if you wanted to be a kid actor, fuck yeah. Bye, Mom and Dad. See you later. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'm sure those fucking slumdog millionaire kids can work long fucking hours doing blow the whole time. We can't compete with that. You can't take a fucking Dakota Fanning and let her compete with those kids. It's not fair. She's working four hours on, fucking six hours off. I feel bad those little kids have to fucking do um, social studies in the middle of the day while all the other actors are out fucking doing shit. I mean, I would have loved to have been a kid actor. And if you told me you can be a kid actor, but you're going to have a drug problem in your mid-30s, I would sign up for it right now. Right now. You have a drug problem in your mid-30s. You didn't do shit. <laughs> you're taking fucking weird roid medicine. Early 30s. Are you lying about your age now? 32. Then you look like garbage. Well, I didn't shower. I, I feel had you great. down for 38, 39. 38? Come on. That's Corey Haim territory. <laughs> Lack of showers. <laughs> they're adding years to you. Uh, Robert, you're on my Fez. Hey, Fezzy. Yes. Let's hear, let's hear you say something positive about anything in this country. Can you try it? Well, I think any sort of uh, conversion towards green energy is a positive move in this oh, country howdy. of ours. There you go. There you go. There's something positive for you, Charlie. That's nothing positive. That's something that 95% of the people in this country could really give a crap about oh, right Robert, now. Oh, Robert, why can't you say South anything Carolina? positive? Why can't you say anything positive, Robert? I was trying to pump up the environmental uh, progress in this country, and you can't say anything positive about it. What are the, what's this green energy you want to turn to? Which in particular? The wind energy. The T-Boom Pickens commercials that I saw. Mm -hmm. And where is that going now? It, it goes out west. No, T-Boom has already fucking pulled back from that. Oh, that I didn't know. Mm. Do you see any more of the commercials on? No, I haven't seen them since like the election time. Mm -hmm. Alright. So you saw a commercial and you thought... We're on our way. We're going to be fucking like a big sailboat. America the sailboat. Energy independent. It sounded good to me. You know what I like to see you do, Fez? You're a college-educated man. Mm -hmm. You worry about the kids. Why don't you uh, be a social worker up in Harlem? Help out a little bit. Do something with your spare time. Instead of worrying about yourself, you can be up there keep, uh, checking kids' homework, making sure they have plenty to eat, knocking the syringes out of their fucking hands. Be a nice thing to do. It would be nice, yes. I'm a little nervous about it, but yes, it would be nice. Leaving your house? Well, that's where it starts. Hmm. I don't know. I, you know, I, I get the fact you see something on the news and it's fucking sad and you just wish things like that would never happen. But then you also have to wonder, for every fucking thing that you try to stop, what else is being stopped? What other things are you keeping from happening? You know, unfortunately, we don't get the gimmick like Lost has, where you can see what would happen in two different lives at the same time. You just don't know. I wonder how many kids that if they didn't get the chance to follow their dream would turn to drugs and alcohol. I'm sure there's plenty. If they didn't get that opportunity, you know, I mean, first of all, you but you know, blaming show business, that also could be local theater. A lot of kids are saved by local theater. And a lot of people think local theater fucking is nothing but 
introducing kids to uh, drugs and, and sex, even gay sex, they blame a local theater. Sure. But a lot of people feel like they're fucking saved by it. If you start taking things away that, that coincidentally had uh, people die because mm -hmm. they did it, people will find other outlets to die. So if you take fucking drugs or kid acting away, then... You know, they'll, they'll figure something else out. Maybe they'll uh, die because they're into coloring too much. I mean, it's just impossible to prevent people from dying. Well, here's the other side of it, too, when it comes back to, you know, Fez saying, why didn't the parents do this and all? I can honestly say that at a certain age, my parents didn't know who I was. They knew who I was when I was home, but they didn't know who I was once I left that house. You couldn't find any two nicer people than my folks. But they had no idea. They couldn't. Absolutely not. They could not know who you are when you leave that. And Dave, the same is going to be the truth of you and your kids. You could have the most open fucking dialogue. Everything could be this and that. And it wasn't, you know, enough. Uh, parents are going to take heat for being too disciplined and also in the case of Fez, it seems like you're mad at your parents for not disciplining you enough. Well, I mean, no, I mean, no, I had discipline, but nobody brought up a diet. I'm just referring to that one particular caller. Right. Well, you grew up in a time where the fucking nobody thought the diet was that big a deal. How fucking how many uh, expert books were out on diet when you were a little kid? I don't remember any. Well, you wouldn't know if there's any out now. You still don't look. Most of the time, your parents do the best they fucking can. That's it. You can choose to fucking judge them forever or fucking realize people just do the best they can. Also, the flip side of the coin is that there's plenty of parents who do give the kids structure, discipline, and right. those kids go out and go bananas. We always talk about Todd Marinovich. Because, yeah, because some kids feel too squeezed down on. You also don't realize how many fucking kids get too much discipline, and then they go out and become Bob Dylan afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of rebel against that and do something fucking fantastic with it. Like, sometimes you need to give kids something to fucking rebel against. That's a part of being a kid. A part of being a fucking kid is we are going to replace the people who are running things now. We're going to do a better job than them. And that's why when everybody has kids, they say to themselves, I'm going to do so much better than my parents. You know, I would be so much better at this than my parents. That's the way you set, up, set out. Plus, how many kids have you ever fucking read about, oh, they did bad in school, blah, 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 fucking had problems, and then someday something clicked, they found the right business for them, the right fucking thing to get involved in, and everything turned out. Me. Really? I wasn't a good student. Well, in college, I was. I really wasn't in high school. You went through how many colleges? Uh, Fordham, the new school, Brookdale Community College, and then Monmouth University. All right, um... You graduated at what age? 26 or 7. Or 27. And you had a doctorate in what? Uh, nothing. No, I had a Bachelor of Arts. At 27? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought you'd get a doctorate by that age. <laughs> no, it was, you know, I know most 
overachievers accomplish it at, after four years. It took me a well, little longer. Mm. I'm only busting your balls. You did it. I did it. Now you're going to be hosting the show for fucking Spike TV. Can't beat that. I'm going to try. I have, I, have, I have to talk to you guys after that, about that after the show today. You what, should what clean you up. Talk to us about Talk to us about it right now. <laughs> what do you got to do? Miss, well, miss work again? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I applied, and then they said, okay, come in to comics on uh, Monday. It, uh, I, I don't know how long it'll be. I, don't, I wouldn't think it would take all day, but I don't know how those type of things even work. What are you planning on doing? I don't. I didn't have a plan. Why? You think I have to come in prepared with like stuff? No. Uh, <laughs> you're so lovable and bright and smart. Oh, shit. It's best that you just walk you in just off the street. You just made me panic big time. <laughs> I didn't know you had to come in with fucking shit. Oh, fuck me. Did you think it was to fill out the application? I don't know. They just said come in. So I thought, okay. I mean, I don't even have, like, a headshot or anything. I, I, uh, I should have thought about this harder. I really should have. I just don't want you now deciding Spike TV is on your list of people to get even with, along with most of the other cable networks <laughs> and large corporations. One of you fuckers should just give me a <laughs> shot. What's the big fucking deal? Yeah, why can't he just have a TV show? What is the big deal? I... Other people have them. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't he have one? I, you see all these other people with one. I had this cocksucker uh, agent turn me down yesterday. Uh, wait a minute. Let's pick this up. Okay. Let me break here. All right. Uh, big, big giveaways tomorrow, Fez. We are going to be playing Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search on the air tomorrow on the Run and Fez show. Later in the show, great prizes on the line if you're going to play along. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Season 1 on DVD, signed by the great Jeff Garland. Cosnerati, State of Emergency... Signed by the legendary Bill Cosby. Plus, we have the DVD documentary, Here Is What Is, signed by Daniel Lanois. So, uh, we'll be playing Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search tomorrow on the show. You can play along on 202 Friends, but make sure you are following at 202 Friends. you got to follow, sign up to play Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search tomorrow. Mm. Exciting stuff. All back to find out how, why Dave didn't get the, the agent that he wanted yesterday. It's the Run and Fest Show. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! Spatula City! And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Toronto Fez Show. Uh, Eastside Dave in with us today. Uh, we are day two in the Hardcore Challenge. Stink it up. No changing of their clothes, even underwear. Uh, Dave, you said you feel good. Fez, you're already feeling greasy and terrible. Yeah, I feel very slimy. I'm shocked at how dirty my fingernails are from one day of not hand washing. I've already got dirt all under my nails somehow. You gotta wash them. I'm not. I'm refusing to do it. I'm holding out. Yeah, the hands is the biggest problem. I didn't realize how much the hands would smell. Like old eggs and ass. Yeah, an ass. Well, you're wearing a hat right now that just has jizz written on the front of it. And uh, Stink Dave also has a jizz stain on the bottom of his shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, if you God. notice. You guys said I couldn't use napkins, so I right. wiped out with my teeth. <laughs> oh, I am so gnarled out by that. Dry jizz. I wiped it off with my shirt. 
Well, uh, I can't wait for you to try out for that TV show with your Ramon shirt and jizz hat. Yeah. Uh, all right, you said you tried for an agent yesterday? Yes. Now, for what kind of agent? For TV or radio? It, it was an entertainment agent. My brother, uh, his friend hooked me up with this guy. Because mm -hmm. um, my brother obviously is in Los Angeles, so he has a lot of connections. And we, I've been kind of emailing with this guy back and forth, this right. dude. And the guy said, we're going to talk internally and see if we want to rep you. Right. You know? What did you give him? I gave him some links of, like, um, I think I had, like, a Guy Gyerson video. Right. I gave him a link of that. Um, I gave him uh, a link of uh, Davey Red Comedian mm -hmm. um, and a couple other links that I kind of forget because this was literally three weeks ago. And I said, you know, so, you know, just in case, here's a little small sample. Right. Um, so the guy called me back after three weeks waiting and he uh, said, we pass on you, mm -hmm. Dave. And I asked, so I was very ups upset, very discouraged. Right. Because, you know, I've just, I'm have just i losing Twidio Awards and all this shit. Things aren't going your way. Right. And you deserve good things. You <laughs> so do. I asked the guy, I said, why Why did you not go with me? And his response was, um, he goes, it's like if you enjoy fucking this girl. This is the agent, the right. professional, saying, it's like if you enjoy, he's kind of had a Tarantino thing. Like, right. okay. it, 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 it's like you enjoy fucking this girl. You know, you really like fucking her. But you just, the two of you can't fit in a relationship. Even though you really like fucking her, eh, because there's no possibility for a relationship, you're going to have to break up with her. That's the way we feel with you, David. So he said he kind of liked fucking me, but that... <laughs> he couldn't marry you, couldn't take you home. He couldn't marry no. me. And he goes... I can understand that. He... He literally said yeah. that you just don't like. He, he said we don't have anyone with who anyone like you at our firm. So that's why. We, What's we, the firm? Write it down for me. Um, shit. I'll give you uh, the guy's name. I'm not exactly sure what his fucking thing is. I don't know if you ever heard. That is the part. name of the company. No, it's not. It's like cre creative something, but creative artist. No. I, I, I've heard of that. It was creative something, you know. And that's the guy's name. I don't know his name, but I'd, I'd like probably, to... I mean, if, if I Googled it right now, I'm sure... I right, go ahead and, and, and put it up there, because I'm going to look into his business a little bit. Okay. But see, the rate if you were looking for a radio agent, there's only a couple... Well, I said I'm looking to expand everything, you know, because right. that's my brother gave me that piece of advice that he said... Um, agents You're like ready to for hear film, that. TV. That's what my brother said. Which brother? Like to hear that. My brother Patrick. That's the gay one? Yeah. Who right, has so procured an agent for himself said when he was looking for it. Oh, that's that's what it is. It, was, it wasn't creative. It was innovative. All right. Well, just um, let's take a look. Well, forget. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'll go to the, their website. Yeah, go to their website. We'll just see the kind of people that they handle. Okay. But, you I mean, you gave them some haphazard... <laughs> type stuff. Well, right away, talent and literary. And it's an L.A. thing. It's an L.A. thing, which is one of the things they said, though Though they do have a New York, tiny New York office, it was an L.A. thing. Right. Well, they said they have innumerable Oscar, Emmy, and Tony Award um, actors well, credit. Innumerable, or, or is there a number? <laughs> he says innumerable. Or right even, here. even if it's a million, that's still a number. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just saying, like, so I was a, yeah, they never finished sending out their Christmas cards. You know, they're kind of in a different kind of business than you're in right now. If yeah. you were looking to do something in TV, I then, am Spike thing. Right, Plus, so I have you, an idea for a television show. Right, what's that? Oh, I'm not gonna. I can't. I'll I'll talk to you about that off the air. But I I I I, I, I is I, it a great idea? I like the idea a lot. But I'm not going to say that on the air because lately people are ripping off my material. Like what? Um, remember how I made those twittios of my wife crying? Um, I used to have like my wife crying after at the end of movies and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I on a this is a year and a half ago, and since then my wife has taken it down because she kind of wanted to take a step back from the internet. Why? You know, there's problems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Having yeah, said nice. that. Oh, oh, who are you? Well. By the way, who are you? Simon Cowell now? <laughs> Why? Because he constantly says, having said oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, on AOL, I see a link on the AOL front page. This hysterical new website of a guy filming his wife crying at the end of the movies. And it just came out. I go, Davy Mac was on that shit a year and a half ago. I've seen this site. It's amazing. They're ripping Everyone, me off. Everyone's going to it, and I even paid money to see it. Yeah, I would. I had that idea. You should have stayed with it. So this guy at this thing said talked about fucking and fucking. So I then I said this. I said, okay, well, my brother advised me to ask this too. He, I said, well, okay, thank you so much for your time. You know, if, is there any way maybe you could help me, or right. if there's any other uh, people that perhaps you know, right? Would you like to do? And he goes, well, wait a second, David, that's ridiculous. He said, quote. Um, it's like you want to fuck a girl, but then decide that you're not going to, so you're not going to pass her over to your friend unless your friend fuck her, right? And I'm like, holy shit, this guy. I fucking love this guy. <laughs> I want to fucking watch his show. <laughs> this guy's a psycho, man. Is, is, is he by any chance a porn agent? <laughs> I don't know. He was really dirty. And I think <laughs> I had the feeling that because of some of the Davey Red and some of the characters. Right. He kind of heightened up his, like, filthiness. Like, I'll show this fuck. Yeah, right. All right, <laughs> so that's the way he works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then after all. I mean, no. So then at the end, uh, he I think he felt bad, so he, he gave me a name of another guy. And he said, you, you know what, David, I did like your stuff. It's funny. It doesn't fit. But I'm going to give you the name of this guy. And he said, um, because after all, your, your shit was funny, and maybe, you know, my friend would like to fuck you. So then he went, <laughs> wow. then he went into actually fucking me. Like, he <laughs> forgot his own metaphor. And was like, maybe my friend, this particular agent, would like to fuck you. And he caught himself. He's like, I mean, represent you. And I go, well, I don't know. I go, okay, thank you for the, your courtesy, but I'm never going to be speaking with you again. They're passing you around like a fucking fat girl <laughs> yeah. at a party. I was just really struck at how fucking just, I, it was very cliched Jerry Maguire, you know. Right, he was like the bad guy. Jimmy Moore is great character, but, Bob Sugar. But they're Brent all Sugar. awful people. The agents are just yeah. notoriously awful people. I know. It was so weird. So you're looking to take your characters into TV. Well, yeah, I mean, the characters were simply a sampling of what I could bring to the table, but I'm not there's sure. There's so much more. Yeah, I mean, there's more. Just that. I think I could host a fucking show about beer, sports, and being a guy. Um, uh, so you're all just focused on this Spike well, thing. Well, now, now I am, Yeah, but I do have that other idea for, uh, for a show. What time is your Spike appointment? It's uh, at uh, um, 10 a.m. at okay. um, uh, downtown. I know this isn't a publicity stunt because they wouldn't be doing it at a comedy club if it was. 
Right, yeah. I'm no, hoping. I was being sarcastic. Oh, you... <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It's a cattle call. Yeah. And, they and the comedy the... club. No, I don't know whether they do or not. Uh, but it's still a cattle call. It's an American Idol type thing. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I was hoping that maybe people wouldn't see it, you know, and so I can then maybe sneak in there. And I'll no be... idea. No idea. Okay. But well. the whole thing is we're looking for an unknown doesn't always come out that way. But you've got a lot of experience with stuff. You've done things. Yeah, and they did say actually unknown. That's in by, the thing. By the way, the the thing that was funny that Dave said to me the other day, I'll just fucking tell this off the air. Uh, something he said to me off the air. But he was bringing up like Mikey Boy uh, being at the wedding. And he goes, you know, <laughs> Mikey Boy's like a normal guy. He's in there with all the freaks. <laughs> And he's like, because uh, he was, you were talking like Big A and Crazed and Spandy and all the people who feel like they're friends with you, and yet you call them freaks when they're not around. And uh, he goes, and I know how that is, because when I went to do this O&A pilot, I was happy to do it, and then I show up, and there I am in the room of freaks. And I'm like... Oh, so you see yourself as the normal guy? <laughs> I do. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was so shocked when I looked to my left. There's T Sandy Kane. I looked to my right. There's Twitchells. I go, oh right. shit. Do you think that ONA see you differently than they do Sandy Kane and Twitchells? <laughs> I thought so. Really? <laughs> I, well, I was under that delusion until that very day. You threw shit and drank piss on their show, right? I have Even Twitchell doesn't do that. Yeah, I know. I've since changed my opinion. But until that day, I thought, yeah, I could. Because Lily was going to be a correspondent. So I thought Davey Mack can be a correspondent. You know, but no. I'm right there. You I'm sitting the there freaks. with a half a Hulk face. So was that, a, was that a sad day for you instead of a happy day? It was you just weren't a, there happy? Uh, I'll say this. It was a wake-up call. It, 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 <laughs> it actually was a very fun day, but mm. it was definitely a wake-up call. Like, oh, boy. Well, just you kind of felt like here I am. Uh, yeah, Stardust <laughs> Memories, and you're on the wrong train. You're on that fucking bad train. You look over, there's the good train where people are drinking champagne. Yeah, that's exactly the way I felt. All right, I, I will tell you this: I don't think that you should have an LA agent unless you're going to LA. I think you should have a New York agent if that's what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, I just my brother kind of ha had his friend hook me up with this dude, and so I don't know. Maybe I'm this Sounds, other dude. You know, or... it's your gay brother, right? Yeah. And then the agent's totally talking about fucking you <laughs> yeah. and giving you another guy to fuck you. <laughs> I was I was shocked when I was on the phone. Did you talk to Patrick about it? Uh, I emailed him. I said, "Yeah, we should probably talk on the phone because I can't even describe how the, this the weirdness." That these, occurred. These direct quotes. Yeah. Um, mm. It's just, it's really tough. It's, I, I don't even understand it, it, why they would even, why would the agents even pass? I mean, if they see some, like, I could, th it would be money in their pocket, you know? I guess I don't know how the game works. But Yeah, you don't know how the game works. They're not going to just take everybody that comes in. They're going to handle the people. They think they can put a lot of money in their pocket. The reason why they don't think that about you yet is because you're not already making big money doing this. That's okay. what they normally go after. They could have gotten in on the ground floor on the Davy Mac Express, but I guess th but, they missed the station. How many people do you think, like this is an L.A. agency, how many people do you think show up there every day that don't even get the phone call after the fact? Well, I'm sure probably a lot, yeah. And the probably 99%. did call me back, I guess, was nice. Took well, a while. It means that your brother's career is fucking doing okay for itself. <laughs> 
Yeah, took a while, though. The other thing about an agent, too, is they'll never even tell you something's bad because they don't know if later on down the road you're going to like them. Producers will do the same thing. They're like, you were terrific. We're just not going to use you right now. And so many of those people in LA are like, oh, I came so close. And in the back, they're like, I'd never use that fuck for anything. <laughs> but they're afraid to say that yeah. in case the guy does turn into fucking Jamie Foxx in a couple years. I see. They don't want that guy mad at him. Yeah. They're well, fucking scumbags. It's yeah. the whole point of it. It's a dirty. It is a dirty business, isn't it? All businesses are. All of them. I mean, what, what about like charity work? It's not dirty business. Yeah, it's a dirty fucking business really? too. Yeah. I think it's dirty. It's cutthroat. I didn't know that. The only thing that is fucking good business is Fez Watley's Child Services. <laughs> Let me come into your house and judge you. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Somebody wrote into us, Fez, with your safety first thing. Uh huh. Is uh, so many people got. Uh, AIDS from anal sex. Why doesn't the government just outlaw it? Oh, yeah. Makes sense. What's his basketball game? Who is this? Carolina? George, Georgetown, Syracuse. Big, big, big East matchup. And I was talking to Sam, who went to Syracuse. And I, I go, it's a big day for you. You're uh, your rival. And he said, our rival's Villanova. And I go, uh, no, it is Syracuse, Georgetown. That's the rivalry. He, he was debating with me. And saying, well, I went to Syracuse. And I go, I... He went to Syracuse and watched wrestling. Yeah, I'm positive that Syracuse and Georgetown are the main rivals. I'm dying to hear your idea for a TV show. Dying to. It's a decent idea. I'm not, I want to, you know, it's good. I like Can I it. tell you the truth about you? Yeah. I think you're going to break somewhere. I honestly do. Well, we'll see, Mr. B. Well, you got to run me down. Well, you got to <laughs> fucking run down my back. <laughs> I'll change my hat then, I you, guess. You endlessly amuse me. I fucking crack up all the time. Well, we'll see. Mainly, I, I laugh at um, at how you keep bouncing back. All right, so he changed it from jizz to cum. <laughs> He's making subtle differences. Uh, here's a shooter. Shooter, you're on my face. Hey, David Mac. Um, I've done a lot of research on trying to get a screen play bot by an agent, and from everything I've read, they said every agent in all the industries in the in the, the Hollywood scheme have a niche market that they go after. Mm -hmm. So this particular agent might not be interested in your kind of sense of humor because the contacts he have wouldn't be interested. Yeah. But if you find another agent, they might jump all over you because their niche their niche market is what you're you're going after. Well, we'll see. That's you think Broadway what... Danny Rose would be perfect for you? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> uh, put me next to the ventriloquist act, Danny. I got a one-legged juggler. He's fantastic. <laughs> He's unbelievable. I'm on a huge well, Woody Allen uh, kick. Right? Great work. The uh, <laughs> fast forward is flash forward is coming back on ABC. Saw the promo this week. Mm -hmm. Annoyed as hell as they're saying there's going to be another blackout. You know, you have the blackout. You have the great mystery that you started this with. Why do you need another blackout? It's overkill with these shows. They get something where we can be interested in it, and then it turns out like heroes, where we can't just follow the heroes and find out exactly what's going on. No, we have to keep adding heroes and adding heroes to you can't tell who anyone is, and you do too many heel turns and back again at the beginning of the show. Just give us the show. Where Trust me, you got me on Flash Forward that everyone blacked out and saw what was going to happen six months later in their lives. You had me there. You don't have to keep piling on. I feel like you should be making this call to ABC. 
Maybe I should. I got out after four episodes. I tried and I tried, but they just really irritated me over there. Yeah, hey, I got some good news for you. Uh, looks like Paranoid is going to be doing his podcast again. He sent us a promo. I sent it over to Dave's computer. You have it, Dave? Yeah, he, we, we have it in there. Let's take a listen. I'm wacky. I'm crazy. I'm Paranoid, and I've got a brand new show coming out in April called Paranoid Uncensored. <laughs> That's not all. If you subscribe to the podcast within the next five days from hearing this commercial, you'll get the entire season absolutely free. Good golly, Miss Molly. Perrynoid's lost all his marbles. He's given the show away for free. <gasps> Go to Perrynoid.com for more information or check out Perrynoid Uncensored on iTunes. He's crazy. He's given it all away for mm-hmm. free. Um, maybe Perrynoid's somebody you should look into doing a show with. He's incredibly inventive. Really? Yeah. Brilliant guy. Brilliant stuff. Maybe. Maybe then. Uh, Mike, Staten Island, you're on Fez. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Hey, uh, Fez, you said there was a, uh, a subtle difference between cum and jizz. Are you talking about taste? I'm talking about spelling. Dave needs an agent. It'd be nice. It'd be nice if I got one. You know, then they could rep me and whatnot. You know, I actually know somebody. Uh, he handles uh, Carrot Top and Danny Bonaducci. I think he might like your look. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Give me his number. Well, he's also, he's got uh, Bozo the Clown. <laughs> oh, come on. And who? <laughs> Here, I want you to write the number down, seriously. All right. 555-1212. Okay. I think that was the number in Ghostbusters. Maybe. So I don't think it's real. What's this thing that you put up? Oh, um, well, you, since you brought up uh, Ginger's, um, there's a new girl that we like on the YouTube. She's replacing Boxy, the old teen sensation. Right. And she has a whole diatribe on Ginger's. I mean, but it's not even that good, but she's quite nice to look. She's she's, she's the new star. This is something you and fucking Hicks. Pepper. Uh, are so... Pe- I'm sorry, we're now calling him Pepper. Yeah, Chris Hicks, yeah. Yeah, uh, Chris Stanley, Stanley. Pepper Hicks. It's all the same names. <laughs> um, you're so burnt out on porn that you try to find young ladies on YouTube that are wearing clothes. Yeah. And fantasize about them. Yep. This girl's fantastic. Miss Hannah Minx is all her right, name. Let's take a quick look. She's great. Yeah. So, a lot of people on YouTube lately are talking about gingers. How did she get a picture of you? I don't really understand. <laughs> They're talking there. about it's not good to be a ginger or... Gingers aren't hot? I think gingers are minxy. Like, just look at the kid that plays Ron in Harry Potter. He's minxy. Minxy. That's her thing, minxy. I don't know what it means, but... Uh, okay. right, let's stop this. She says it a lot. She's a child. She's a little girl. Look at the mm-hmm. body on her. giant headed little girl. <laughs> look at the eyes. You guys are fucking sick. <laughs> As somebody wrote in, uh, should the government step in and put a ban on blackouts? Fez likes his TV shows to run exactly the way. Are you enjoying the seasons of Lost? Because it's gotten into a weird place. Yeah, I, th- there was a couple episodes I didn't like. I liked the, this past week's episode. It looks like Ben is a good guy. Yeah. That, is that fuck, there's a swear for you. Ben's the good guy. Even though we've seen him kill several people. <laughs> Yeah, um, he is, I don't buy it. 
I think that as they made Saeed evil and Ben good, Ben so will go swear back. back. Yeah. I have to believe that Saeed will redeem himself and Ben will go back to being Ben. Right now I'm at the point where I'm so annoyed, Dave, for you talking me back into the show. Why? You didn't like that episode? Ben episodes are usually good. I liked it when I thought it was about science. Now that it's about this spiritual good versus evil, it's just... It's fucking, no offense, turn into baby talk for me. Well, maybe it will go into being science. I don't know anymore. You don't know, exactly. I'm going to keep watching it because it's only nine more hours. <laughs> but I bet you about you the entire time I'm watching the show. <laughs> A big giveaway tomorrow, Fez. Playing Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. We'll be playing that tomorrow late in the show. Here's the prizes that you can pick up if you're participating. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Season 1, signed by Jeff Garland. Cosnerati, State of Emergency. That's a signed CD signed by Bill Cosby. And the documentary on DVD, Here Is What Is, signed by producer Daniel Lenoir. Plus, we'll have some Ron and Fez t-shirts to give away all as part of Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. Tomorrow on the show, make sure you are following at 202friends on Twitter.com. you got to be following to play. Um, There's a video, actually, of uh, Ben that came out of some of his early work where he uh, was basically in a prison f uh, video. Mm -hmm. It's pretty hysterical to watch the guy not being Ben. All right, let me see him. Or whatever. All right. Higgins, Mr. Andrews, your counselor's here, and he'd like to speak with you. How you doing, Higgins? Here we got a little bit of a misunderstanding here. Ain't no misunderstanding, Mr. Andrews. In fact, I probably understand people. What happened here? He doesn't like us very much. He's been throwing a tantrum ever since you left. Higgins, we haven't taken any of your money. I just came from the mail room. They remember the letter because it said there'd be money inside, but there really wasn't any there. Now, maybe your wife thought that she put money in there. I don't want to hear that. My wife don't lie to me. You lie to me. I'm sick of listening to you, man. I want my money. You hear me? Higgins, listen to me. Listen to me. You're going to have to settle down here. You're not accomplishing anything with this business. Call your wife. Maybe the money got put in the wrong envelope or something. I mean, there could be a million reasons. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you, man. I'll tell you, you get the hell out of here. I don't want to hurt you. I don't hurt anybody. I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to listen to any of you. I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to listen to her. I don't want to listen to anybody. I don't want to listen to anybody anymore. I want you to go get my money and get it up here now. I want to hurt somebody. Now you hear me? You don't want to do that. You don't even want to say that. Now take a minute. Take a minute. Think about what you're doing. Because I'm telling you, if you don't settle down. I don't settle down. You're going to be brain dead, brain my lips. I'll kick all that asses, man. I ain't afraid of you. I ain't afraid of anybody. You think you got the nerve? Hit him, Ben. He's losing it, Peg. I can't reach him. All right, I'll call the counselor. Yeah, let me get the psychologist. Maybe he can do something. Okay, let's get moving. Uh, that's Ben as a prison guard? Yeah, it was a um, video f for how to handle angry prisoners. Well, so many of these guys do this kind of uh, corporate acting where they'll end up in the corporate movies. That was funny though. If you took, if you put Matthew Fox in there, in the <laughs> it's the same role, show. Yes. <laughs> he was acting like Ben even back then. He really Bug-eyed, crazy bastard that he is. <laughs> uh, we are going to break here. When we come back, uh, something's been bothering Hicks all day, and I said, "Hicks, you can't talk about it." He goes, "Please, I need to." It's driving me crazy. So I go, "All right, what is it, Pepper?" Uh, herpes is on the rise in uh, America, and it's right. scary. So you got it out. So now we can move on to other things. It's the Run of Fez show. <laughs> I'd like to make a complaint, please. Don't care. Well, um, I am staying in the hotel. I don't care, so it's not my shift. 
Well, you're an ambassador for those. I don't now. care. I, I don't think you'll care, care when you I tell think. you what the complaint I is. I think there's been a rape up there. Ron and Fez show with Ricky Gervais. He's going to be on TV tonight on the Marriage Ref. Uh, I believe Larry David is on there too tonight. I believe Larry David and Madonna. Wow, Marriage Ref. Big, big show. Getting all the big stars. Talking about people's marriages. You're not a fan of the show though, Fez? No, I'm going to give it one more time. Tonight's the last try. Uh-oh. They get one more. That is it. And then it's the flash-forward uh, treatment. I don't know. I think Ben's a good guy. I think it all worked out. Ben is now a good guy. He's definitely a good guy now. You saw in the uh, ultimate reality, he is good in the end. I didn't know that. Well, you know, the alternate reality, am I crazy or do they all seem happier over there? Oh, definitely. Jacob has fucked up everyone's life, but I'm waiting for that swerve to see that something awful would happen to all of them. But right now, it looks like a better life. Except for Jen. Well, we don't know yet. We'll get to see now that he's been rescued. All right, Fez, remember we were talking about the rumor being that the office star, John, uh, I don't know his name. I'll just say Jim Halpert. Jim Halpert is going to be the new Captain America. And you were saying no to that? Not no, a good one? absolutely not. The latest rumor is Chris Evans from Fantastic Four. I believe he was the torch mm-hmm. would be Captain America. I hate, well, I hate both these choices. Really? Two different reasons. Jim Halpert, he just doesn't seem like Captain America to me. So well, he hasn't played the part yet. Yeah, but he's so low-key, it's going to look like The Office is having a Halloween party and Jim Halpert dressed up as Captain America. Well, did you ever see um, the George Clooney movie, Leatherheads, that he did? No, I didn't see he that. He played a big football star back in the old days there and went toe-to-toe with George Clooney for an hour and a half. He does more than just play The Office. But your thing is, if somebody plays something, you can't imagine them in another part. No, Chris Evans playing the Human Torch and now Captain America. It's You're just crossing paths. What if you ever wanted to get to a point in the Marvel Universe where the Fantastic Four was maybe doing a cameo in the Avengers movie? You're going to have Chris Evans meet Chris Evans? Why not? I don't so I'll like pretend it. anyway. So I want you guys wearing pajamas. I saw the brand new thing for Iron Man 2. They have so many fucking stars in this thing now. It's ridiculous. It looks like Ocean's Eleven. The amount of stars that are running around in this. They just don't think they can pull it off with the one guy? Oh, definitely not. And Mickey Rourke has just totally given up. He doesn't care. I don't know. I think he looks pretty good in that part. You know, it's a comic book movie, but it's not going to be worse than any of the other comic book movies. Uh, you're feeling the same way? Mickey Rourke doesn't come over for you, Fez? Uh, Mickey- you're still, still, still saying Pope of Greenwich Village and the wrestler? Uh, what if Iron Man wants to meet the wrestler? Is he going to start fighting with him? Yeah. it's a, I hate it when the universe is crossed. Is like crossed. You, yeah, you were saying that. You just want one movie per person. Yeah, Do I a think, movie and get out. I think if you're going to decide to take on a comic book movie role, mm-hmm. you need to decide first and foremost, do I want to be the Human Torch or should I hold out and see if something else is coming along like a Captain America that could be bigger or better? 
But uh, once you commit, I don't want to see you playing every person in the comic book universe. What about a guy like Clint Eastwood? He played a lot of cowboys. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bother you? Well, they all seem like the same cowboy to me. Mm. So you just saw you you had no idea they were even different parts. Well, I guess there's different names, but I, I couldn't tell you too many different names of the Clint Eastwood cowboy roles. Right. So John Wayne, and when he was playing a military role, you still only you just like no, it's the same thing. I think that's different because it's a completely different movie universe. No, it would be all World War Two. He's played all over in World War II. He was like a Navy guy. He was a fucking fighter pilot. He was a Marine. He played all those roles. You could say, what if they all go to this USO dance and John Wayne shows up all the time? Well, I would, you know, if, if, it's, all, if it's all in the same theater, then no, he shouldn't be doing it. Then I'm not in favor of it. All in the same theater? You mean movie theater? No, if it's all in the same realm. Of World War Two, and these characters could interact, then no, I'm against it. Well, so the same one could be said for the Clint Eastwood Westerns. Mm-hmm. You get to pick one time period, and that's it. How about the Nero Gangster films? I mean, would you re restrict him? Um, I would, yeah, I would, guess I would restrict him then, if I'm following so, my own rule. If any two, any two characters were alive at the same time, they can't play. You've got to pick like a decade for yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So we wouldn't like have, that. We wouldn't have gotten Goodfellas or Casino. Well, what about Rocky? We would have gotten it, but with different actors. But Rocky and Rambo would have been at the same time. Couldn't happen. What if John Rambo went to a fucking fight? There's Rocky. Wait a minute. It's going to be explosion. Yeah, I hadn't thought about this outside of the comic book. Outside of the comic book movies. No, that you're but running that with it. that makes sense. Now you're running with it. Yeah, that makes sense then, yes. Did you, like, would you say, Harrison Ford, you can't do that. You're from the galaxy long ago. You'd already be dead. One role per person. What about the, uh, after Bull Durham, Kevin Costner's two baseball movies? Is that no. legal? No, I wouldn't do it. So he's not allowed to feel the dreams? Hold on. What is he? A catcher? A pitcher? Does he own a fucking cornfield and build a <laughs> baseball thing there? He's got to make up his mind what position he plays or whether or not he's a farmer. What about, like, cops? Like, you know, Pacino's played a lot of cops. Can't. You play <laughs> one cop. the same cop. time period. Oh, yeah, well, he has. He's done it. No, that's what I mean. Don't do it. Don't do it. Now, is it odd to you that everybody else can handle this and you can't? It makes it, me feel a little bit on the outside. Is another place that the government should step in and start in police Hollywood a little bit? No, I don't think so. Why not? Mm -hmm. Who's going to stop this from happening? You could get a human torch Captain America right now. I think they're just wasted. I think they're 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 settling. I think they're just you know that they're you know go, they know this guy and instead of looking for a, a real Captain America, they're just looking for someone to play the human torch in Captain America's uniform. But now you said the guy from the office looks like it's going to be a Halloween party, and he's dressed up as Captain America. Yeah, I just don't see him as the all-American tough guy. You ought to see Leatherheads, just to see. Take a look a little more in the office. Maybe the guy's right for you. I don't know what's happening with this movie where they keep pitching different names out there. 
Probably because it's, it's that they're just worried if it's, if it's even going to sell. Because Captain America may be... Yeah, I, I don't know why uh, anybody would want to say it. I wonder if they're looking for someone who's going to make the commitment because they want... Make the commitment. Because they want to do the Avenger movies, too. So you're going to have to be Captain America in a few films. Well, that means if one of them even work. That fucking Superman kid thought, oh, I'm going to be Superman in four films. No, you're not. And didn't everybody even say that kid did a good job as Superman, right? Nobody complained about him. Right. Nobody complained because he was so much like Christopher Reeve. So he just fell into the general complaint of this movie, Superman Returns, is nothing new. They're not giving us any new spin on Superman. They just basically redid the Christopher Reeve movie. Hmm. Earl, and, uh, but you like that. You like remakes. Uh, Earl in Toronto, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Then uh, if Heath Ledger is a gay cowboy, how can he be the Joker? Yeah, that was weird to me, too, because I'm like, well, when is Joker going to lick his fingers and put it up Batman's ass? And then when he didn't, I felt like, well, what kind of fucking cowboy is he? One that wears makeup? And then I was going, well, what happened to the fucking Prince of Arabia? I thought he was up there, too. That Prince of Arabia, you seen that fucking preview yet? I've seen that preview. I don't know. That has no interest for me. Looks crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, I have no interest in seeing that Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Well, it's just another video game movie. It's just going to be nonsensical and whacked out. I've been trying to figure out if Fez just called him Jade. Jig. Did I? I thought you called him Jig Gyllenhaal. Racist. It's <laughs> coming off that way. Even though I don't even think that's a racist term that's even used anymore. It is an Astoria. I'm sure everything. On a nightly basis. In that fucking throwback. In that fucking throwback place that you live. Is it even a real place? It's kind of like uh, Greece, really. Is it a town or is it just the fucking set the guide to recognizing your saints? Uh, emails. We get emails all the time. And now, Ron and Fez, the show of the future, brings you... Electronic, electronic mail. mail. Mail sent electronically. This one says, hi, fellas. A few weeks back on the show, you talked about missing scenes that were never showed, only implied like Pulp Fiction. You never saw Bruce Willis in a boxing match, Reservoir Dogs, Jewelry Heist, etc. In Kill Bill 2, uh, Bud comes down from the long stairs and says that Pi May will accept the bride as his student. You see Bill with his face all bruised up. Uh, I wonder how that fight went. Yeah, when you said Bud came down, I'm sure that you meant Bill. I know he lost because the master wasn't even marked up like Bill, but it would have been nice to see master versus student. I'll have to check with my Quentin Tarantino expert, but I believe they shot that scene and then decided not to use it, Dave. Yeah, that shot was done, but uh, Tarantino thought it didn't really help this. Didn't move the story along fast, fast enough. Is it on any extras? I don't. I not on the extras that I own. It'd be interesting to see that one in time. All right, this is an interesting one. This is an email. It says, "Hey, Ron, just wondering if the guys on the show, if given a chance, would rather spend the rest of their lives eating and drinking only cold stuff." fridge temperature or colder or only warm stuff room temperature or hotter 
Most of the really good foods are served hot, but I'm not sure I could go without a cold beer at the end of the day or ice cream in the summer. Love to hear your take. That's Jack with Pretty Girls and Lasers at prettygirlsandlasers.com, my dance music project. That's prettygirlsandlasers.com. All right, so here's the scenario, guys. You can only have hot food and hot beverages, coffee, tea, cocoa, and hot foods. Or you can only have cold foods, and that's it. You spend the rest of your life with this. And I'm telling you right off the bat, this is a Sophie's choice. I, I might even take third, the bullet, before I would get into this. Because it's a very difficult situation to find yourself. I'm going to go to Chris Tanley first. Hot or cold? Give me cold. Sandwiches and beer. That's fine. I can live off that for the rest of my life. Fuck All it. right. But then there's times everybody else is having a steak, a fucking turkey, fish, now, spaghetti. Can, can I wait till the food gets cold and eat it? Uh, you're you're only eating f- foods room temperature and above. I'll, I'll eat a steak room temperature. That's fine. Do you I, realize the amount of fucking bacteria you're getting in that steak? I think I, my stomach can take it. I know I can. Uh, let's go into Davy Mac. Davy Mac, and I'm not sure. What, I think I know exactly where Fez is going to go, but I don't know Davy Mac. I would go warm. And the reason why is because I would. There's no burgers and pork chops are my favorite things to eat. Mm. I'm not going to eat a cold fucking hamburger. All right, but here's the thing. Now with a burger, you're having a coffee or a tea. You're not having one of your fucking nice cold sodas with it. I understand, and that's a huge sacrifice. But maybe I could heat up some vodka. You know, like get some warm alcohol. Uh, it would be kind of gross, but I could see myself doing that. And you're never having a cold beer the rest no, of your life. That that would kill me. But I, a cold beer, like I said, if, if for drinks, if I can heat up whiskey, heat up alcohol, vodka, I would, I would be fine with it. I'm going to leave this up to some listeners, too. Hot or cold, you're spending the rest of your life having to deal with this one thing. Fez Watley, I believe I know yours, mm-hmm. but why don't you tell us? I would go absolutely 100% cold. I, I would have I won in that match game. Um, your reasoning? Um, well, first of all, besides get food out of the way, I have to have cold drinks. Need a cold drink. I will die if I don't get cold drinks. I'm going to say something, though, that's going to swerve you a little bit. Say goodbye to soup, Fez. You're, oh. a, you're a hot soup in the winter guy. Yeah. More than most people. We go to a restaurant, and Fez is like, I'm starting with soup, he'll say. What kind of soups do you have? And that the weird thing about that is... That's just now taken off the fucking menu for life. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. That is tough because I do love it so. Yeah. But there's so many hot foods that I do prefer cold. My pizza goes in the freezer as soon as I get it. Well, I'm- most of your food, since it's being delivered to you, mm-hmm. I don't think you probably get too many things that are actually hot. No, I mean, nothing's ever going to burn my mouth when it shows up at my door. Mm-hmm. Maybe still warm a little bit. But I like cold chicken. I like cold cuts. I like a lasagna a day later after it's been in the refrigerator. Hmm. You like cold lasagna? I love cold lasagna. It may be, other than cold pizza, it may be my favorite cold meal. So soup is your only problem? Soup is my one drawback, but if I have to give up hot soups for cold drinks, sorry. Sorry, Campbell's. Wow. 
Uh, it's amazing that the only thing that you think of is Campbell's. Mike, you're on Run of Fez. Hot or cold? Hot. Because you can have your food hot, and then you got you can have sake. Well, okay, sake is the one hot fucking alcoholic beverage. Tyler, in Texas, we lost him. JJ, hot or cold? Hey, I'm gonna have to go hot because you can with your nice hot steak. You can always have a nice warm room temperature Guinness. Uh, yeah, it's always going to be warm. I think it would drive you mad. I'm being honest here. Either side that you're looking at, madness is going to sooner or later fucking mm-hmm. catch up with you. Uh, here is our good friend, Mikey Boy. Mikey? Hey, I gotta go with cold. Because, uh, first of all, most of the leftovers they eat are cold. Uh, and second of all, you know, don't get that refreshment from cold, uh, from hot drinks like you do from cold drinks. And that's, I like that. I, I get that, but in the winter, you're just going to have a nice cold fucking thing, and everybody else is going to be drinking hot. That doesn't bother me. I, I drink uh, iced coffee all year round. I, I don't like hot coffee. I like iced coffee. I like it cold. You're uh, you're different than I thought, Mr. Freeze. Yeah. I was right. Maybe he is a freak. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the right party. I guess so. All right, Mikey boy. See you. There he goes. Can't wait to the next bar run. Um, hey, Goofy Mass, you're on Fez. Hey, buddy. Um, I just wanted to remind Fez, if he gives up all of his hot stuff, he's going to have to give up that hot load of cum. Well, he likes to have them shoot that in the freezer and then have it later as a breath mint. Uh, Michelle, Buffalo, you're on Fez. I even brush my teeth with hot water. I can't put anything in my mouth unless it's at least lukewarm. So everything, you don't even like the feeling of coldness in your mouth? No. Yeah, always heat up a popsicle? No. Hmm. All right. Uh, like thanks, my- Michelle. Here's Mark in Utah. You're on a Fez. It's got to be cold. Um, I'm a big old fat guy, so I eat plenty of food. But I always, all day long, have a cold soda sitting right next to me. Hmm. Couldn't live without that. John in North Carolina, you're on a Fez. Hey, guys. It's got to be warm. We live for how many tens of thousands of years without refrigeration? Um, yeah, the, there is some truth to that. Like, people that were in ancient Rome would have no idea what a cold thing was. Of course, the water has to be hot. You can't have a fucking glass of cold water. Ugh. That fucking grosses me out. This is an awful thing to catch yourself up into. And I don't know what happens to Jack at prettygirlsandlasers.com. By the way, look that up for me, Dave. Very curious to see what happens to Pretty Girls and Lasers. Uh, Pat, New York, you're on Run Fez. Hey. Yeah. Go ahead, Pat. Oh, sorry. I thought, I, my name's Matt. But anyway, Fezzy, you can still have uh, soup. There's a soup called Vichy Suave. that's served cold. It's a creamy uh, leek soup. Uh, yes, we're all familiar with cold soups. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a fan of any of them, Fez? Not one. I mean, I don't even like a fresh gazpacho. So, no. I need Soup is the one thing I need hot. That's going to be my giant sacrifice here. That's the big one for you. Yeah. Unless I'm eating a bowl of soupy warm ice cream. And you're not a coffee or a tea drinker. Nope. No, I don't. I stay away from the hot beverages anyway. They just make me... They remind me of being hot. Yes, but that's what you want on a cold night. You want to remember warmth. I don't find anything refreshing there. All right, Fuzzy. Um... You think Rorschach would go all cold or all hot? I think Rorschach would go all hot. That's why you don't know Rorschach. He picked cold. Oh. 
Now, I don't know a lot about his eating habits, but I know he wants that veggie lovers on top of the meat lovers. Well, so I assumed hot. Not want. He's had it. And uh, you need to look stuff up. Ryan in Minneapolis, Sean Ryan Fez. Uh, yeah, I got I to gotta side with cold because uh, chili. Uh, I'll eat chili cold right out of the fridge and put some cold shredded cheese on it, and it's delicious. I think after it sits for a night, all the flavor blends together a lot better. And same with Italian. I'll eat an Italian meal cold any day. Uh, but do you want that all the time? That's insanity to me. A lot of these people, I th- don't think, have had real Italian food. Justin, you're on Fez. Say, uh, best breakfast ever, cold pizza. It is good, but you don't want it that way all the time. Uh, let's go to our good friend, Gvac Fezzi. Does he seem like an, a cold person or a hot person to you? Gvac seems like a cold person. Gvac, what do you have, pal? I, honestly, boys, I think uh, I'm living right now warm all the way. I don't think I have anything cold. Nothing cold in your life? You're already living a completely hot life. I think I'm, I'm that's what I literally think. I mean, I only like my water room temperature. I hate ice cold water. I eat much easier to go hot. I really don't think I eat anything cold. I don't eat ice cream. Mm. Uh, oh, wow. That's surprising because Fez went the other way with you. But yeah, I yeah, thought I you might go that. hot because of the pea coat, and he looks like he enjoys warmth. <laughs> <laughs> um, GVAC, are you familiar with my new game show I put together called GVAC? Absolutely. I heard you talking about it the other day. Have you spotted any? I haven't seen anybody since the initial two that I had. Fez was on to somebody, and Dave was on to somebody. My, my camera wouldn't work. Mine turned out to be Asian. Doesn't matter, Fez, as long yeah. as they look like him from the back. GVAC, it's the game we love to play in the city. All right, GVAC surprised Fezzy by going uh, all fucking hot. Um, here's Jonathan, Wisconsin. You're on a Fez. Hey, how you doing, guys? Yeah. Hey, you can't uh, you can't have any cold pizza because it was cooked, so it was warm. So that kind of defeats the purpose of that. All right. By that oh, way, oh, oh. your steak can only be fresh. You can never have fucking any frozen food that are cooked for you. Uh, Josh and PA, you're on Ron Fez. Uh, Ron, I got to agree with you. I think option three of uh, of taking a bullet's the best option. I can't imagine not having a cold beverage or a cold beer in the in the summer. But the idea of a refrigerated glass of wine or, or the whole soup uh, concept with Fezzi, I think that would put me over the edge. Yeah, I find this one of the more frightening things we've ever even come up with. I know also I'm a big fan of cold cereals. And if I had to eat that hot with hot milk poured on it... Well, you wouldn't eat that that way. That would just be a food that you would skip. You wouldn't force yourself to boil milk and... Pour it over toasted fucking cornflakes. You, this is going to shock you, Fez. Mm-hmm. But you would make some changes with whatever choice you made. Oh, it never occurs to Fez that he could have changes. I text him last night. I say, Fez, give me a call tonight. It's important. Ridiculous. He doesn't check his fucking cell phone. I didn't say it till this morning. God, ditch that house line. It's a crutch. Here's another funny thing. Fez, uh, I'm walking home yesterday. I have my headphones on. Fez calls me twice. So, I'm, like, when I take my headphones off, there's two calls from Fez. I answer, I go to both of them. All I hear is, hey, buddy. Talk to you later. Five minutes later. Hi, pal. Uh, I'll talk to you later. So, I finally I get a hold of him. If he would have just texted me, 
He could have got the yes or no answer, which he actually should have known. But you don't leave messages? Yeah, I leave messages. You just went, hey, buddy, talk to you later. Hi, pal. Talk to you later. That's a message, but yeah, the content is right. there. Where he could have said, "Do you?" It was a, right. for a certain guest. And if he gives you the question, you can text back yes. But by the way, the question was, "Hey, Ron, would you like a big uh, fucking bag full of money?" It was the basic fucking question. You can speak for me in some of these for some of these guests. Hey, pal. Nicholson, interested? We got to move you into a whole new fucking lifestyle of communication. You got to be wired. Mm-hmm. You got to be ready to interact with us. Today you had some news. Never text me or call me. So I go, why didn't you let me know before I got here? Didn't think of it. So then I walk away from my hair. Sorry, I didn't call you back last night. I'm like, why am I fucking trying? He won't stay in communication. You just turn off the cell phone when you get home? No, I put it away, and then I don't hear it. And then do you ever try to leave a message at his house with that fucking 1980s message machine? It boggles the mind. I've had easier times doing a Rubik's Cube. When do you leave me a message? I can't, because the the message... don't leave me messages. Nobody does, I'm going to imagine, because it doesn't even remind you of your house. I've tried to, and what happens is the, the answering machine says, to leave a message, redial the phone number. And you say, what... What are you talking about? Redial the phone number. I don't understand. So then I redial the phone number. You, and it says redial it again. Just um, call his fucking cell phone or leave a text there. He's got it in the soundproof safe uh, locked up in a big room. So it's really like it's made out of fucking diamonds. I've got a feeling that right now he's living in fucking Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Maybe his um, wireless carrier is kryptonite. See, but Fez, the one thing is, you can still charge your phone if it's on. Like, I, my mom actually used to do the same thing you you do, and I tell my mom, you, you just keep the phone on and then plug it into the charger in case anyone calls it. And yeah, I just don't hear it. Oh. Well, then I guess it's the reception, huh? Bad reception in the hotel in in the building. But I'll hear my home phone. You, uh, but then you're not there all the time. You're not going to use fucking two numbers for for anybody. It's just too fucking insane. Yeah, I just get rid of get rid of the. Landline. And the cell phone is your business phone, right? Uh huh. And you go home at night and never check your cell phone. If you have any business calls, sales, booking, whatever, you're just like that happens tomorrow. Well, I mean, if I think to look at it, I will, but I usually don't. No, I put it away and figure that it'll, I'll get a call on my house phone. Well, your life is organized the way you like because you're in a great fucking position here, right? With all those people? You're always on the same page as them? No. Not always. Well, so you got the system, so we'll run it your way. Because you're always happy when you're talking about all the people in sales and booking, which Fez always says to me, they fucked me over. Every time he fucking says, he's like Davis with CNN, where he takes everything 100% personal. They fucked me hard. And they knew they were doing it. It always comes back to, well, don't talk to them anymore, Fez. 
Why are you laughing? No, it's Fez just... can see you through that fucking I know. that new camera. I don't think he looks at it. No, I look at it because I see your hand up your nose the entire show. <laughs> he sees you then. <laughs> Sick. Tomorrow on the show, it is search, search, hurry up and search. Great prizes on the line. You're, you're going to want to play along. We got Curb Your Enthusiasm, the season one on DVD, signed by Jeff Garland. Uh, an autograph from Bill Cosby. Like, you're going to find that anywhere. This is on the CD, Cosnerati, State of Emergency. And the DVD documentary, Here Is What Is, signed by Daniel Lenoir. It's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. You don't want to miss. Search, search, hurry up and search tomorrow on the Ron and Fez show. Make sure that you are following at 202 Friends so that you can get in on it. You ever notice, even if, if it's for our fucking show, he goes in the live read persona? Make sure you're here tomorrow for the Ron and Fez show on 202 Friends. You've got to follow to win. Search, search. Hurry up and search. Uh, Matt, you're on Ron and Fez. Matt. Oh, hey. Uh, I think that whole hot or cold food thing depends on where you're located. Like, if you're down in the south, I think you're going to want cold foods more because it's hot longer. Up north, you might want hot foods longer. Mm. But me personally, I'd have to go with cold because I just can't watch football and uh, not have a cold beer. Yeah, there is a lot to that. If you're in Canada, there's no way you're going to fucking pick all cold. And if you're in Florida, you can't pick all hot. We have a problem where we are right now with the four seasons. We're fucked half the time at least. Plus, I need both. I can't fucking play an all-warm or all-cold game. I don't want to live in that world. What would uh, crackers fall under, just out of curiosity? <laughs> That's actually a good one. I guess they're room temperature. They could fit into either world. Great, because I love my Ritz. What do you put on them? Peanut butter. You'll have to heat that up then. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm it's not one of those. Loose. But I'm not one of those creeps that keeps the peanut butter in the fridge. I do not get those type of people. No. That's fucking you know weird. What? You know what I call them? People with an ant problem. <laughs> that's the only people that are going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's some sketchy shit. Davey Mack, you said you've had a lot of stuff bothering you today. What's, what's driving you crazy? Yeah, well, as a Catholic, I was very disturbed. No, you're not a Catholic, but go ahead. Well, to hear that this new autobiography of the Reverend Gabriel Amorth uh, a guy who's been the Vatican's chief exorcist for 25 years mm -hmm. says the devil has infiltrated St. Peter's. He says the Vatican um, is home to cardinals who do not believe in Jesus and bishops who are linked to the demon. And I just think... This is the first I'm hearing this. Yeah, it's some really creepy shit. I'm actually going to go out and buy the book. I can't wait. The book is called Memoirs of an Exorcist. But I, I am so... Uh, just frustrated at this point. It sounds point. to me like he's just ra ra ripping off memoirs of a geisha girl. <laughs> it's well, actually, I, I, um, the priest who was in The Exorcist was a professor at Fordham University, not the one with the black hair, the old guy who came in at the end. He was a legitimate priest. I, got, well, I was able to to see him speak about exorcisms. Mm -hmm. It was fascinating shit, and he says no, they are real and everything like that. That was cool. But the fact of priests could be possessed by the devil, I honestly, at this point, as a Catholic, I almost think I sh the church might be done in 10, 20 years. You believe 100% in the devil, right? 
I do, 100%. Now, is this as a person that personifies evil? Yes. I Well, I think that the is devil... Is it the fallen angel, Lucifer? Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All that shit is true. And then the devil whispers things into your ear, like in, in, into your head. Dave, right I'm hungry on your hat. <laughs> Just write come up there. I did already, devil. <laughs> I do what you're telling me. I'm trying... But I feel that that's where you get some of your bad, not all of them, but but some of your bad ideas. And it's up to you to choose, you know, good over evil. I want you to start searching for porn. Take your child's steroids. He doesn't need all of them. You all can right. get jacked. I know. I, I plan on it, devil. Okay. I got an audition on Monday. I got to get all fucking roided up. Maybe you should kill everybody else at the audition. <laughs> And then later, we'll go out and eat fatty foods. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to do that. I'm starving until Monday. Promise me you won't talk to any angels? Promise me? No, I can't promise you that. Don't you love Dev Dev? My dad taught us that angels could be flies. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't kill flies. Like, I'm well, saying the insects. Well, here's the thing. They always say that when angels land, they puke and shit at the same time. I've heard that about angels. I didn't know that. Yeah, Hicks, do you believe in the devil? Uh, no, I do not. No. And you also don't believe in God? Pretty much, no. Pretty much. If there's a slight chance for a God, zero chance for the devil. I can't. I don't, I don't believe in that there's a hell or that there's some evil force in the world telling people to do things. Mm. Okay. Uh, Fez Watley, the devil, does he exist? No, I don't believe in a devil. I'm going to tell you a story. And this one might fucking freak you out. It's something that actually happened. The devil went down to Georgia and he was looking for a soul to steal. See, he was in, he was in a bind. He was way behind. He was looking to make a deal. Uh, you did believe in the devil at one time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Growing up and into, you know, well into adulthood. At what age did you stop believing in the devil and why? Um, I think I quit believing in the devil uh, probably about 10, 15 years ago. It just seemed too convenient that there was, you know, a force that made all the bad things happen. I couldn't rectify bad things like, let's say, good people and bad people all being killed, like, let's say, in the Haiti earthquake. Mm -hmm. so, so before that, you would have thought the devil would have just killed everybody in Haiti. Right, yeah. Why would he? Because Why would that be a move that the devil would make? Because I always thought that bad thing, good things came from God, bad things came from the devil. That's how I always black and whited it. Well, wouldn't gray to be where the real battle would be? Wouldn't the real battle to take somebody who's basically good and add some darkness to them? Wouldn't that be a lot more? Your way of saying bad people would be killed by the devil. Right, yeah, because bad why, things come from the devil. But why would be, why would he kill people that were following him, uh, knowing the eternal struggle? Why wouldn't he just try to bring more uh, people that had light into the darkness? Yeah, um, boy, I don't know on that one. Because um, I never remember hearing in any teachings that the devil kills bad people. If anything, in the teachings... You'll get away with more on this earth, and then you'll be punished for it later. So the devil would give you rewards on the earth. So instead of seeing like uh, people like the Haitians, you would look at, 
oh, Bruce Willis, he's living a life of success here on this planet, but we'll see what happens in the next one. Or, you know, anybody who has money. Mm -hmm. Bill Gates or whatever. I never heard the devil, he's the one that, that kills bad people. Don't you think there's good and bad in the universe? Oh, yeah, I think so. There's yeah. places of light and places of darkness. Uh-huh. What moves both those things around? That, I think it just, I think it just moves around by itself. I think it's, it's chaos. Like, it's a chaos theory. Hmm. See, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that the devil actually kills people or does that type of thing, but definitely if God's an influence, the devil's an influence, but that's different than physically doing Absolutely. Shit. Fez's thing doesn't even uh, seem to follow the teaching he grew up with. Um, the normal thing it would be closer to you take somebody who's good and try to get him to turn basically away from what uh, God would have to offer. Not, I don't, I, maybe you could say, well, look, those people, their plane crashed. I guess they were all sinners. That's why the devil killed them. That's a religion I'm not even sure if it exists. Maybe Westboro Catholic or Baptist mm -hmm. does it. Um, let's go over to uh, David in Ohio, your manifest. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the devil wants to kill bad people now and bring them to him before they have a chance to redeem themselves. And the devil enjoys suffering. Correct. Mm, and but, but what kind of suffering? I think any kind of human suffering. Any kind well, of human good suffering. Good or bad. I think he enjoys... I think he enjoys, you know... Now you're talking about him as if he's real. Now you're back into thinking that he's real. No, I'm just going by when I did believe that there was a devil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, but if you look at the famous stories, the devil would buy the soul from people. He would actually give good feelings, give stuff, and then take it back. Uh, I'm not so sure if what he likes is suffering, but what he would like is for anybody who turned them uh, away from the light. For whatever that took uh -huh. to get out of the grace of God is what he was after. Uh, here is uh, Mike, Mike and Queen, Jerome Ronifez. Well, I think that the devil can take either the form of John Locke or the smoke monster and then use that to control what people do on the island. Hmm. Well, it is the, the game that they seem to be playing up there. It is the game that they seem to... To say to themselves, uh, you know, we're going to play the game between the lightness and the dark. And not only the Judeo-Christian uh, have that, but there's always some kind of darkness in most religions. In, you know, Buddhism, they think we have both. It's just a matter of what you feed, what you play to. You kind of agree with that, Dave? Yeah, I do. You think there's a, a, a battle going on constantly yeah, between oh yeah. good and evil over you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think that there's a, the God and the devil are trying to convince you. And if you go to the devil's side, then you're going to be in the devil's army. If you go to God's side, you'll be in the God's army when they have the last great battle. Ron in Oregon, you're on Fez. Hey, uh, I wanted to ask uh, Fezzy and Dave if they think that you can sell your soul to the devil to become, let's say, a rock star or a movie star or something like that. 
And also, uh, Steve Perry, Steve Perry, Steve Perry. Steve oh, jeez, I'm Perry, so Steve sick Perry, of the Journey Steve fans. Perry, Steve Perry, Steve They're Perry, driving. Steve Perry. Look, if you enjoy Journey, fine, but you shouldn't ruin our uh, thing for it. You think you can sell your soul to the devil, Dave? Uh, I wouldn't, but I do think you, think you it can. could be done. Oh, sure, it could be done. But wouldn't it be great to get that Spike TV talk show? Make yeah. sure your kids get everything they like. Yeah, that you would have be presents great. for your family. That would be awesome. But what if I told you I could make that happen, what if I could tell you that I've stopped time right now, and the only person that can that are talking is me and you, and oh. you can give me your soul right now, oh, and boy. I won't want it for twenty one years. Twenty one years, I'm going to give you as total uh, success. That's really difficult. I'm not. You got five seconds. No. Four. Uh. Maybe, Three, maybe. Hold on, devil. Two. Um, nope, I can't do it. All right. Then, where you see the shit, I'm going to fucking line up for you now. Oh, God damn. God exactly. God damn is right. I, I do make bargains with God, though, and I'll probably be you, you, uh, doing that this this Monday. I say, if you give me something that I really want, I'll give you 50 Hail Marys and 50 Our Fathers. And I haven't. You give him that much for a successful TV show? I haven't. You pulled, would pray a hundred times. I haven't pulled out that card in a long, long time. You want this Spike TV thing more than anything? I'd like it. I'm going to tell you right now. If you get this show, I am TiVoing, and I'm watching it every single night that it's on. And I'll be saying to the girls all the time, "You see this guy here on this show? I found him." <laughs> Thank I'm you. the guy who found him. Sure, you can do say that all you want. No. I have the eye for talent. I'm surprised you wouldn't watch it live, though. That's the one thing that mm, I got my I got John Stewart on. <laughs> you know, I enjoy the John Stewart show. <laughs> what if they don't even go against each other time wise? Still, still. Well, I'm on a TiVo in case I miss it live. <laughs> and then every night I'm going to go like this. I found him. That that's, guy you see right there. That's fine. At bar nine, <laughs> I said he's got something. Yeah. Uh, Dave's wearing 666 on his hat right now. Yeah. It's interesting to me, Fez, that you had these gigantic things of changing everything about your belief system, and yet you don't remember how or why it happened. It's fascinating to me. No, I just, because I was a guy who up in about probably eight years ago would pray every day. It just... And then, you know, I just I just quit doing it. it For no reason. It didn't feel, I just couldn't feel it anymore. And, and I used to like it, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it used to calm me down a little bit. But I wasn't getting that peace out of it anymore. So it like almost became like a chore. It just seems to me that you can't remember the specific instant to change things for you. It seems like there's got to be some kind of block. This has never come up with your shrink. I, yeah, I've talked about it, you know, where it's like I just didn't feel it anymore. It kind of, to You're, me, it feels like it kind of faded away. Your shrink n never sees this as a major thing. No, she said what one thing that happened is it was such a big part of my life, and when I got away from it, when I was done with it, I didn't put anything else in that spot. Like sodomy. That could be instead of praying before you went to sleep. Some quick sodomy before you get to sleep. Whatever it might be. Um, Leonard, Leonard, Michigan, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, I'm just kind of wondering, Fezzy, do you think 
you think the devil is an entity, a person, or do you think it's just an absence of morality in our life? Neil Sean, Neil Sean, Neil Sean, Neil Sean. All right, enough of the journey nuts. It's driving me crazy. Ah. You're making me stop belief. The lack of morality, is that it, Fuzz? Maybe if that's what someone wants to call the devil now, but I don't think there is a devil. I think there's just people, you know, who are making choices. There's no God, there's no devil. I, I, I still think there's a God, but I think once everything was put in motion, mm-hmm. you know, the universe and the earth, I think once that was done, he was uh, most likely done with it. He moved on? Yeah, maybe he's building other worlds or other universes somewhere. But I don't feel like there's a you know watchful eye or or at the very or or at the very most a um, intervening God. Would you rather have that God, an intervening God? Would you rather have the watchful God, the God who watched over you and answered prayers? You know, I think so. You know, it's. I think I would want that God if I could ever figure out the rules. Of what he really, if he is there and he is watching and there's a way that he operates, you know, I would love to know that, I guess, like anyone else on the planet. But. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back uh, and wrap up the show. Fez is going to tell you how you can win big prizes when we come back to run a Fez show. What's up with the vanilla face? Uh, me and my homie Azamat just parked our slab outside. We're looking for somewhere to post up our black asses for the night. So uh, bang bang, uh, skid skid, we're just a couple of pimps, no hoes. Back with the Ron and Fez show. Tomorrow it is a search, search, hurry up and search day on the Ron and Fez show. We'll be playing that game and you'll have your chance to win. Great prizes, like Curb Your Enthusiasm, Season 1 on DVD. That's signed by our buddy Jeff Garland. Bill Cosby has signed the CD Cosnerati State of Emergency. And Daniel Lenoir, the famous producer, has signed a DVD copy of his documentary, Here Is What Is. All being given away tomorrow on the show during Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. Make sure you're uh, connected to 202 Friends to be able to play. All right, uh, Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Fez, got into this uh, discussion yesterday with my friend. You're leaving the house. Uh, you want to heat the oven up so it's hot when you get home. Would you ever leave the house with, with the oven on? Absolutely not. That sounds like crazy talk to me. Why would it be? Because you're, you know, you're heating the oven. You got a chance of something could light on fire from that. You've, you've got a source of heat that you're not watching in your house. But normally, like if you're cooking a turkey, you're not watching your oven the whole time. Uh, Hicks, where are you on this? Oh, I'd light, I'd light, I'd light, I do that all the time. You light the oven? Yeah. Leave. Come back. Yeah, for hours. I'll leave for work, come back at night or whatever, and it's 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 nice and warm in the fucking apartment. I don't get heat anyway, so I need. Oh, to do so that. you actually use the oven as a heating? Oh yeah, element in your house. Insane, TFS. It sounds absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. If you're not there where you can keep an eye on it, and and I'm, with that I include falling asleep with the oven on. Never would do it. Never would do it. It seems like you could leave something too close to the oven that the gas could catch fire, you know, there. Does that ever happen once in your life? It's never <coughs> happened to me. Never happened to me either. Um, but and it was, I still would not do it. Yeah. 
Uh, let's go. Uh, by the way, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Do you ever go out of the house with the oven on? And I'm not talking about leaving a turkey in the oven for two hours. I'm talking about just heating the oven up mm-hmm. <clears throat> and leaving. Uh, Davy Mac, would you ever do this? Yes, and and have and have. <coughs> uh, when I was living in the, uh, Queens, I um, put my uh, cold pizza in the oven and then would go for a walk and get some like soda or something like that and come. See, back. that's even different though. Yeah. You're actually cooking and not being home. Yeah. And what would fuck me up there is like, what if something kept you from coming? Straight back home. It's one of the things that makes me think of even leaving the oven cooking, <laughs> even if there's nothing in there. What if something came up and you couldn't get back? And I think it's irresponsible if you're living in an apartment building where you're leaving the oven on, <coughs> you're leaving it burning. You could kill everybody. Yeah. You come back and the fire trucks are outside that building. Lord knows who you've killed. That's well, the fault. weird thing is, like, I have the same kind of thing as Fez, of, like, hearing that from, like, I was a little kid, yet I don't know if I can back it up and call it justified. The only thing I can come up with is, you know, what if you couldn't get back to the house when you needed to? But I, my gut thing goes with you. Uh-huh. Like, I'll still check the oven. I just don't even know if that makes sense. I mean, especially with mine. Mine's not electric, you know? It lights up well, with a gas. Well, gas oven is actually even better because you're at least not running the electric bill. Yeah, but I mean, there's an actual flame there. I mean, I, I wouldn't leave an electric oven on either. Trust but me. If you have a hot water heater, there's always a fucking flame there. You're dealing with the same kind of thing. You could burn up when you fucking sleep at night. All right, uh, let's go over to Wes in uh, in New Jersey. You're on Manifest. Hey guys. Yeah. Um, when I was in college, I went home for Thanksgiving break, and I left the oven on the entire time. Came back the Sunday night, and the uh, the apartment was just hot as balls. So you actually <laughs> left the oven on on vacation, basically. Yeah, for like four days. Well, I'm gonna think about that next time I'm out of town. Thanks, Why? <laughs> because he did it. Now it makes it seem like it's very simple and easy to overlook. Even mm. though I don't cook, I never have my oven on. Mm. But it now seems like it's totally possible. Matt and Phil, you're on Run Fez. Hey, boys. Uh, you leave your hot water heater running, and that's like the same exact thing. Yeah, I was actually talking about that with Fez, is that there is always that kind of flame around that kind of stuff. And let's not act like electricity is the safest thing to sleep around anyway. Sure. More people have been killed in electrical uh, fire than anything. Um, and, you know, if you've got a fucking turkey, you're not watching it constantly. Matt in Ohio, you're on Run Fez. How are we doing this afternoon, boys? Yeah. Hey, so I didn't uh, pay my, my gas bill the last year, so I never had gas for my heat this winter, and I had the oven on with the electric going, and my girl had a problem with her car, so I just left the house not even thinking, came back, she saw the door open, the, the red-hot irons on it, and she was pissed at me. Um, let's go over here to Tom in Illinois. You're on run of Fez. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Fez, I want to know, do you, do you think your oven's on right now? I would hope not, but you know what? I can't tell you for 100% sure that it's not. I am fairly sure that oven's never been turned on a Fez's. 
Red shirt in St. Louis. Or it's been on this whole time he's lived there. Oh. Red shirt. Hey, uh, Ronnie, you're talking about these hot water heaters. I got a, a guy in my neighborhood who was painting in his uh, basement in the hot water heater room, spilled a can of paint, set everything on fire, burned over 90% of his body. Oh, Jesus. I've heard those kind of stories before. Uh, I wonder, though, uh, what the fire department recommends as far as using your oven that way. Now, I'm not talking about leaving food in it. I'm saying, all right, you've got to heat the uh, oven up. You You heat it up. You know you've got to get it to a certain temperature. And while that's happening, you go off, do a little shopping. In a million years, you would never do that, Fez? Not in a million years. Also, in a million years, you wouldn't cook. No. No, I'm not going to have the stove on either. Mm. Did you uh, tell your dad that the bean dip didn't go over as well the second time? Yes, I explained to him. What did he think? He wanted to know how long it was between, because there's a liquid mixture Mm -hmm. and then the vegetable mixture. And he said, how long did you go in between combining those? Mm. And so I told him, and he didn't know if it was that. He thought it could have been that. And then I, the last, the first time I made it, yeah. I made it and left the house, brought it right with me. Right. And this time. Freshness. Yeah. I you had freshness. I had put it in the refrigerator mm. to wait to go. Maybe. So he I'm thinks that's you, what it was. The second time, and I, I disagree with fucking Dave. Because I thought the second time was fine, mm-hmm. but I thought the first time was fantastic. I think what I did was I kind of unmixed it by sticking it in the fridge for the amount of time that I did before I came here. We never uh, should have uh, uh, tried to fucking repeat the magic that you had the first time. Um, here is uh, Steve in Connecticut. You're in Run Fez. How you doing? Uh, yeah, the, uh, the Jewish faith has something where you can't turn on things on the Sabbath. Uh-huh. They actually make ovens that stay on all day on the Sabbath. Um, let's not go by the Jews on this, though. I would never listen to a Jew when it came to this. Uh, Andy, New York, you're yeah. Fez. Uh, hey, how's it going? Hey. Uh, I live in Fez's building, and I think I left my oven on. Um, I hope not. Oh, remember, Ron, my old neighbor, Moaning Myrtle, the special needs person? Oh, yeah. Who used to live next door to me. And moans all night long? Yes, and one of the things she would moan is, I can't turn the oven off. We're all going to burn alive. She would scream that at the top of her lungs in the middle of the night. She still live there? Oh, no, she got removed. I wrote a letter. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Psycho Bob, you're on Run of Fez. I got a spy report for you. I had spy report, spy report. Spy report, spy report. Hey, I'm over here on Roosevelt Island. There's a big fire. Lots of fire trucks, firemen crawling all over the place. Uh, Chris and PA, you're on Run Fez. Yeah, I'll preheat my oven or leave if I know I turned it on with no problem. But if I go out and think I left it on by accident, then I kind of panic. It's kind of weird. So you will leave it on. But if you think you mistakenly did, you'll have a panic attack. Well, not really an attack, but then I'm like, God, I hope my house doesn't burn down. But if I know I put it on and ran out to grab something, that's fine. It's weird. Um, with I saw this article on MSNBC.com. Oh, why don't you tell us about it. The future of toilets mm-hmm. and how toilets in other countries have so much uh, more innovations than we have with our American toilets. Right. But they're starting to make their way into this country. I know Whoopi Goldberg has Japanese toilets that she brags about. Yeah, uh, some of them, some of the features, heated seats, um, uh, sound effects. 
And also an automatic uh, raising lid. I love the sound effects ones. They said that there's some that when you go in there, it has like the noise of the rainforest. That helps you piss? It would help me if some, there was a noise louder than the noise I'm making. I, I might I meant, be able to use one. I meant in the terms of like you ever have to sometimes turn on the fucking faucet to get a piss going. It's an old fucking wives thing. That you uh, you go, you need to hear running water, and then your dick will just fucking piss automatically. You ever get so fucking drunk you have trouble starting to piss, Dave? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's happened to me many a times before. I always wonder, like, if if it's like your body is actually a little fucking drunk. It's like <laughs> I don't fuck, like you can't wake your fucking your fucking piss stream up, and it's, and yet you still feel like you have to go. Hmm. So you want to hear? Why don't you just get a radio for your bathroom? Well, you know, I never thought of it until the until now. I'm going to get one of those like sound effects machines that people use to sleep with, like the Roaring River mm-hmm. or or the Jungle Sound, and or a thunderstorm, and just just hear a monkey when you fucking. Are you talking about pissing or shitting? Uh, both, either one. Well, you live alone, right? Well, who are you worried about hearing you? Well, I don't like to hear it either. So that's one reason for my piss shyness. I don't like the sound of it. But I'm I, fucking, said, I had no idea of this. Yeah, that's a, that. I I find it a really offensive sound. So I. So you pissing in the toilet offends you? Yeah, I don't like to hear the. I don't like to hear the gurgling trickle. Pissing the sink. What is wrong with you that your dick is gurgling? Well, whatever that sound is of the piss hitting the water. I have a feeling it was. Yours must be different if it's offensive. So is it a shameful thing? Yeah. I, now that, I don't know why. I've asked about that, and, you know, I have no incident. Right, but here's the thing. You said that you're a virgin because you can't be intimate with people because of the body stuff. Mm-hmm. Now you even tell us you're ashamed when you piss. Yeah, I don't like the sound of the piss hitting the water. I tried to avoid and shit, that. shitting just a pure nightmare to you? You just sit there in red face shame? Oh, yeah. And if I end up grunting or something? Why are you grunting? Well, if I'm forcing. She'll never force. Not when you got two stunts in your chest. That's what killed Elvis. So I think this If it one... don't work out for you, fucking roll them pants up, come back later when you're, in, when you're ready to fucking jettison. I'm serious. You're fucking laughing. You're a guy who's had two stents. Mm-hmm. You can pop your fucking stents. So I'm thinking that could also relax as well. Just one of those machines in there. Why don't you wait till the shit builds up inside you? Wait till you're touching cotton. Yeah. Making sure it's already touching cotton. I always do that. I if if I have that sensation of oh I have to go to the bathroom, I won't. I'll I'll make a game of it. I'm gonna let it build and build and build so I have something impressive to look so at. So you're the exact opposite of him. Yeah. You enjoy oh, bathroom time. Absolutely. Because you honestly grossed out and ashamed. Yeah, I don't like any of it. You huh? are not happy with being a human. Anything about humanity grosses you out. So if these if these sound effects bathrooms would help me, you know, go in public if I needed to. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to put it in public. I don't think you want to fucking go into a public bathroom and have it sound like a fucking rainforest. That's just going to be, like, for someone's private bathroom. So I like the heated seat, too, that one. But these, Your ass cold? But these bidet features, I don't think I would ever get used to that. I don't know if America would mm. if we went totally paperless. 
Uh, Kyle in New Jersey. Hey, uh, I was over in Italy last summer, and there's a like a porcelain hole in the floor that you're supposed to crap in. And then there's like a water hose you're supposed to clean up with, but that hose is long enough to fall in that hole, so I didn't pick it up. Mm. You think you go over there, Fez? That doesn't sound good. That you, that uh, Italian one. That the, the hole in the ground seems a little much. Like I don't know how low I could get down there. I might miss the hole. Here's the daily leader. Hey Fez, what do you got wrong with pissing? I love that sound. I'm sure you would. Oh, you're disgusting. That is just gross. Oh, all right. Enough. Wait, let me shake a little bit. That's just absolutely disgusting. What, what a kind filthy of man, human being. What kind of man are you that you sit there with headphones on and listen to another man piss? Uh, Freaky bastard. Oh, go flush. Here's Todd, Ohio. You're on Fez. What's up, buddy? Yeah, yeah I got a cure for uh, Fez's pee shyness in public. Just put a fucking iPod on and go walk in and take a leak. I honestly, want music. I, I honestly hadn't thought of this until I heard the sound effects thing. Of taking music in there. But it would be music not for my ears. It would be music for other people's ears. Well, what do you care if you can't hear it? You can be in there grunting and fucking pissing and shitting like the fucking disgusting human sound effects machine that you are. And you won't know that everybody else is grossed out by you. I would know if other people were in there. I would know it. Yeah, but you don't know what they're thinking. Now you got everybody thinking about you shitting and pissing. Your worst fucking dream. I'm thinking of it. Man, did you see that fucking rejection, Dave? No. Guy had to be up 11, 12 feet for that fucking block. Nice. Yeah, I think Villanova Marquette starts now. Yeah, they're soups playing. Big East tournament's the best. Villanova, that's Syracuse's best friends. <laughs> <laughs> they're co-teams. <laughs> uh, Phil, North Carolina, you're on Fez. Phil. Oh, no, Jeff. I don't know who's running the phones today, but they're fucking drunk all day. Go ahead, Jim. You got Jeff? Yeah, whoever you are. I'll be glad to talk North to you. Carolina. I want to know why it is such a problem for Fez to leave the oven on. Well, Phil, I'm afraid that the uh, apartment is going to catch fire and that the whole building but, will I go. I mean, what happens when you cook a turkey? I don't cook a turkey. And but if I normal and if, people cook turkeys, and if I cooked like a turkey, it's like hours, Phil, hours, and hours. The oven's on. Phil, listen. If I cooked a turkey, I wouldn't leave it. I would be there while the turkey was cooking. It doesn't matter. Still on. What are you doing? Watching it over with a fucking sniper rifle? <laughs> no kidding, right? I would be in the house if anything happened. What's going to happen? If and like what smoke could you started do? coming out of the oven and the turkey caught on fire. Mm-hmm. What would you do then? Help! Help! Or go back like you normally do in the bathroom. Would not run to the bathroom if the turkey was on fire. You're just grunting and fucking ripping big farts. Alright, I'm looking at these things. People are fucking disappointed that uh the girl who, Bigelow, who won the best Oscar, didn't make a big deal about being the first woman to do it. It's not her fucking place. 
She wasn't making movies for anybody but herself and the people that she promised that the money would come back to. She, Not everybody who does stuff wants to represent all people. She was just making her fucking movies. She didn't want to do a I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar. And I knew they were going to do it when they brought Barbara Streisand out. Mm-hmm. I go, okay. And then she does the, it's finally happened. Yeah, that's the last big glass ceiling. In the meantime, none of you fuckers would back Hillary Clinton up. Everyone always has to break through some kind of barrier. Mm. You know, if I ever got an Oscar, finally for redheads everywhere. It'd just be, it's lame. Maybe your, you new, ag- maybe your new agent will do it. I'm hoping. As soon as the show's over today, you're to rush in here and tell me your TV show idea. Okay, but you can't release it to anyone, I'm right? I'm not going. Why would I? I already hate everything that's on TV. This is gold. I will guarantee you this. It can't be as bad as anything that's on TV. It can't be as bad as the marriage ref. Whatever your idea is, <laughs> it's the exact same as the marriage ref. It's a pretty basic idea, <laughs> but one in which I feel like it could work. All right. Um, yeah, I'm not going to give you... It's not bells and whistles, and we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're not giving you lost. It's just a very basic idea. I've got a, I've got a good idea for the uh, wheel, and I think it would even be better. What's that? Triangle wheel. And that way it'll be easier to stop. Well, you've done it. You've reinvented it. You pulled it off. You know how you have trouble stopping? Uh-huh. Not with triangle wheels. If anything, it's going to be hard to get going. So safety first. And I even think, like, if a kid runs out in front of you, uh-huh. no problem. He'll still keep getting by. He doesn't have to lay down in front of you. But then the problem is you're going to stab him with your sharp fucking wheels. These wheels have the new three-sided stopping. The only bad part is they're very pointy. That's fine. Finally, somebody's reinvented the wheel. Yeah, not that it would be fun to get your foot run over by a round one, but that triangle one, I think it's going to hurt more. Would still be made of rubber, at least? Nope. Pretzel oh. rods. Pretzel? Oh. Well, that's what I've, what I've done so far is tie three pretzel rods together. Get me the spare. I ate it at lunch. That's going to be a problem. Who doesn't like a pretzel rod? Very small car. Says so, who? So. Well, the pretzel rods are only like six inches. Not where I'm getting them. By the way, <laughs> Dave has no idea of what any kind of measurement is. That's at least, you're at least fucking half off. That's at least a foot. Oh, really? Oh. I think so. Maybe ten inches. But I know it ain't six. <laughs> Um, here's Chris in the Poconos. Hey, Fez, have you considered leaving the oven on uh, as a way to get rid of the cat? I wouldn't be surprised if I left the oven on if I came back and the house had burned down because the cat had gotten caught on fire. And it would still live. It would still crawl at me. Yeah, there is like a, a Terminator robot. Mm. And you could say to your cat, if one more litter goes to that kid's house in the fucking oven, you'll go. Here's our good buddy, Arch. Arch. You're running Fez. Oh, God, he's just pissing. Would you people stop? You're disgusting. It's just awful. Yuck. Then why'd you turn your headphones up, Fez? I do not like to hear that kind of stuff. The other day when Fez went to the bathroom, remember when he said I got to go squirt out some dick juice? Yeah, 
Fucking filthy I fuck. Wish, I wish I'd forgotten it. Yeah, me too. Then he's doing that pull that pull my finger thing. Disgusting. I watched it for a little while. Tomorrow on the show, it'll be search, search, hurry up and search your chance to win. Make sure you are following at 202 Friends to join in on it. And you can, uh, there's plenty of great prizes on the line. Stop being a smoke spokesmodel and that's, act like you know all of us. And you, there is no one. That's what I'm trying to do. With a gun to your head. So we got Curb Your Enthusiasm on DVD, that's season one, signed by Mr. Jeff Garland. And you also have Cosnerati, State of Emergency, that's a CD signed by Bill Cosby. And, of course, here is what is on DVD, the documentary signed by Daniel Lenoir. Of course. Of course we have that. So where is this located? On the other side of Walnut Street? On the what? On the other side of Walnut? No, that's someone else. That's Steven Singer Jewelers. Mm. The other corner of 8th and Walnut. You just keep doing the same exact fucking gimmick, though. Even whether he's talking to us or doing a live read, he becomes that guy. And, of course, something by our good friend. That takes place tomorrow between 11 and 3, right here on the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez! Davey Mack, you need anything to pull? Sure, you're just excited about your chance well, to go to Spike TV. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited about that. And then, then the Sam and Dave is on 9, but then, of course, the sports show is live this Saturday at midnight. you got a full weekend. Yeah, people got to remember that. Live at midnight, sports. When you're back in here Sunday night, for search, search, hurry up and search, and oh. it all just keeps turning. <laughs> Anything you need to uh, plug, Fez? I just want to remind people that Unmasked with Harry Shear is going to debut this Saturday night. Special guest Harry Shear. That's on the Raw Dog Comedy Channel's XM 150, Series 104, Saturday night at 8 p.m. in the East. Hex, I know you don't have anything to plug. Nope. Okay. Me neither. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. Oh, oh, oh.